Podcasting time. It sure is. It's an exciting, seems like an exciting and full of energy beginning already. I don't know what you expect from me. <laughs> it's been a rough time. It's been a rough week. We haven't actually recorded any episodes in a while. We've been pushing it off because that's what we do. We're proca- procrastinating people. I've been a pro, pro procrastinator for a long time now. And you worked a lot of over, well, extra. You worked a lot last week. And uh, since it has to be mentioned, we had to put down our beloved Miss Clarence, our dog. We did. And there's no questioning us about it. And I don't know what else I'm supposed to say. I don't really... <laughs> do we tell people why we did or what happened or do I just... I thought that this was just a freeform conversation, but I guess I'll take over. So uh, she's been sick for a while and it was time. And... Uh, we illegally buried her in the backyard. <laughs> we did. I think it's illegal. I couldn't find any of the. Uh, it's illegal. The You're not supposed status. to do it in town. You're not supposed to bury a dog in your backyard in town. But a lot of people do it. Who cares? But the dog is dead, and it's been very sad. And I haven't had tons of energy or life or anything. Uh, but today is the first day I haven't cried. Congratulations! I'm glad. I haven't cried in two days. I, uh, you look like you're about to cry with those bloodshot I'm eyeballs. Really fucking warm in this room. We don't have central air. Can't turn on the air conditioning during all this. One of the windows is blocked off for light reasons. And uh, yeah, it's just toasty in here. The but, sun is setting on this side of the house, so it always beats down in the evening, and it is the evening before this comes out. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there was definitely some consideration of potentially not doing an episode this week and just skipping it and uh, making you guys wait, but yeah. I didn't know if that was necessarily fair. We just got to get through it. So, yeah. and, But let it be known, Michelle is thinking a lot more about the listeners than I do. I was like... It's our fucking podcast. We can, I'll wait a goddamn month. <laughs> yeah, but there's not really a good enough reason not to other than just not really I, wanting to do it and yeah. not really being in the mood and all that stuff. We still, I don't know. We have people who listen, so we're doing it for them. And they people that listen are friends and they might want to know how it went. The whole thing. Luckily, I was going to say for me, I haven't cried in two days. Uh, I'm probably... I'm I know that I handled death pretty well. Like I think we just handled it very differently. Differently for sure. So like I the day of I will cry all day and be very sad. And then it seems like since that day, I really haven't even welled up since that day. And I don't know if it's cuz I've just dealt with death from a very young age, a very major death, so it's kind of like I don't know what the word is, uh numbed me. In ways. Desensitized. Yeah. But I will say this. That fucking first day was goddamn rough. So I feel like I was I was the one who made the appointment. And uh, I feel like I started mourning her kind of immediately after that. Mm-hmm. So I did cry before that day. Before Saturday when we actually put her down. Um, and I had some, some total breakdowns even yesterday, like yesterday evening when you were golfing. Mm. Bad ones? Uh, there w- was one where I kind of bawled 
It's tough. It sucks. It really sucks. And I'm see you're you've always been kind of gone a lot. Not saying you don't care about her because I think that you've you've gone really above and beyond and or had gone above and beyond and the end of her life to try and keep her alive and do everything that you could. At least trying to make her as comfortable as possible. I was just physically here all the time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of her neediness that kicked up having to go to the bathroom more and all throughout the night. Uh, all that increased and she just she just became needier and I always being the one around that fell on me. You basically became the nurse of her, I was her in an old lady's home. I was her caretaker <laughs> yeah. most of the time because even when you're not at work, you leave the house. You do things like golfing and stuff and you, a lot of times that will be almost full day events for you. Mm-hmm. So it's... And then I I just have so much of my life has been in consideration of the fact that we have a dog Mm -hmm. who's going to have to go out, especially more frequently now. Um, So I just feel like so much of my life has been centered in some way around this dog for since we've had a dog. It's just kind of been like that, but especially in her later years. So um, or this last year, I would say, really. Um, So it really sucks. Not a fan of it. And like you said, for me, I got to see the best parts, even in the end of her life. She perked she up when you walked when in I'm the door. <laughs> when you came home, she was really excited to see you. It's like, hey, and I, I got, daddy's home. I got the dog who slept all day, <laughs> the dog who wouldn't even wake you up in the middle of the night, even though she was sleeping in the bedroom with you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, I think she did, because she struggled getting up. That's the thing. Yeah. It was just, she had been sick. She had had kidney failure for a while. Yeah, we knew she was in kidney failure. We probably even mentioned it on the podcast when oh, we first sure. found out. We have. Because I remember when we first found out, because, you know, we were like, she's acting lazy. And, like, not really excited about stuff anymore. So mm-hmm. then we went and got blood tests. And I remember when we first found out she was in kidney failure. And it was, like, the first sign of it's the end. Like, you got to start thinking about this because she's in kidney failure. And it they was, said advanced kidney yeah, failure. Yeah, it was already, like, yeah. stage three or four for her, for, like, when we found out. So, of course, because fucking dogs, you can't tell. Mm-hmm. Unless you're, like, insanely in tune or you get tests, like. Which, honestly, in the future, I probably would, and we probably should for the cats. Just yeah. just regularly get tests just to see if they're... Because they don't tell you. You don't fucking know. That dog was in pain or getting fucked or being sick for a while, and we didn't know. So, basically, the vet told us a while ago that the way to kind of gauge it, or told Sam, um, is based on how she eats. How she eats and her quality of life, he said. And there for a while after blood thinners... Kidney prescription medicine, uh, uh, hip treats, and things for her joints to hemp, try and... Hemp hip treats, because she's one of the family. Oh, that was later, but I was still giving her <laughs> oh, those yeah, I forgot. Yeah, hip yeah, and joint yeah. things for a while. And we were really just doing what we could. Yeah. Um, and she did get a little bit of life back, but... For then... sure. When we first started all that stuff, it was like, oh, there's some life again. Sweet. You got a sparkle in your eye. But she literally, like, I don't remember the last time I saw her smile. No. And by the end of it, she she probably would have been gone even sooner, according based on, like, she's not eating her dog food. Mm-hmm. Like, she stopped eating that dog food. The only reason she kept eating is because... You were giving her green beans, or I was cooking her eggs, 
mm-hmm. or we were giving her something that we were eating just to mix in, just to get her to eat the whole fucking bowl. And uh, even in the beginning, in typical Clarence fashion, she would clean the bowl. Oh, yeah. And then after a while, towards the end, she wasn't even eating all, eating all the eggs, let alone the dog food. Yeah, she was eating as much and whatever. as she could. And then that wasn't even being digested. It wasn't being digested. She couldn't keep stuff down. Uh, it was really sad. And then yeah. her, her hips, which is kind of you know common for labs, their hips yeah. will go bad. Uh, but she was on, a, would say, a pretty rapid decline with those hips. Oh, man. It was... It was all of a sudden yeah. she was having to be picked up multiple times a day because she was struggling she to get up. She couldn't get up. And then she'd look at you like... Or she'd fall Ugh. walking up the steps out, f- out back. Or fall just walking. Or just standing there and collapse yeah. on the cat while he's yeah. underneath her. Like, <laughs> Which, I mean, that could be dizziness and we don't even know what's going on. She, she would have, like fucking vertigo. She would sway a yeah. bit and like she just wasn't doing well. She had lost a lot of weight. And when you're used to her be- being kind of sickly-ish... For about a year or so, sicklyish. <laughs> well, because she was kind of sickly, and then she got a little better. Yeah, but then yeah. she was still kind of not quite forth. the dog that she was when yeah. she was healthy before the kidney yeah. failure. So it, I would say, and we've talked about this, our barometer for kind of how she was doing, I think, moved. We weren't necessarily comparing her to when she was healthy. We were just comparing her to recently. Comparing her to, like. Yeah, she seems okay. <laughs> she wouldn't. Eat, she didn't even want to lift her head a lot no. of the time. She was just clearly even, having a rough time, and she seemed like she was suffering e- by the yeah. end. Even the jolts of excitement, there was still not a was full so excitement. And even the even the ones that were there, they weren't like if you watch older videos of her, like even before, even when she was still older, but before we found out about the kidney, there's a difference in. The jolt of happiness, like oh, mm-hmm. there's still not a sparkle even in this jolt of happiness because the last day was fucking rough. Like we're getting her in the van, and she's like acting like. I- <laughs> so it's weird. So we had been giving her also like baby aspirin and stuff like that. Yeah. And the night before, I just gave her all the rest of her pill pockets because she liked them. Like that was in the bag. The night before the scheduled. And I and she was scheduled in the morning, and I didn't give her pain medicine. So I don't know if that had something to do with it, but it was weird. Like people came throughout the week and visited her, which was great. We had quite a large turnout for a dog. Yeah, it was very awesome. <laughs> if you stopped by, uh, I know she appreciated it. Absolutely, I appreciated it Absolutely. tremendously. It touched me. I wasn't here for anybody visiting, but. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and she was just so exhausted. Look, I am tearing up. <laughs> Are you? Well, yeah, but I thought that's also just because your uh, your eyes are all funky, so it's been hard to What's judge. wrong with your eyes? <laughs> um, but she, she just had this energy. Like, she stayed up almost all night because I didn't sleep well. Yeah. And she was up most she of the was, night. She like, was walking around doing random visits to... And, and just kind of stirring. So I don't know if she was in pain. I don't know if she could tell that something was coming because we were. I was like crying a lot and holding mm-hmm. her and telling her that I loved her so much. Yeah, her hugs. And she got a lot of hugs before and they upped by a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. And I just constantly told her I loved her all the time. I think she was annoyed with me. And um, that morning she just kind of like she was excited to go somewhere. She was standing in the van looking out the window on the way. Uh, she jumped right out of the back of the van and landed without falling, without which was insane. Problem. It was fucking crazy. When we got her in the van, I started weeping. 
like as we left. <laughs> and uh, you, you, you were outwardly. I feel like I kind of go in autopilot mode a little you bit. You took over. You definitely took over because I was driving. I was the one who talked to the people at the counter, and as soon as I walked up, and actually, like it was my turn. That's when I started crying Mm -hmm. because I was like, okay, it's fucking happening. Because up until now, we can get the fuck out of here and just cancel the appointment. Uh God, I almost did like (laughs) 10 times. I was almost like, just turn the van around. We're not fucking going. (laughs) Uh, Horrible. Um, And, you know, just taking care of the payment and driving back. Like, I felt like it didn't hit me until later that night. And I I was sitting, I was bawling on, like, sitting on the kitchen floor. Like, just sobbing. Uh, so, yeah, and we had dug the grave the night before, mm-hmm. and we were burying her. With these fucking hands. And uh, Those fucking hands. Yeah, it was both of us, and the ground was a motherfucker. I don't know Fuck, what the hell yeah, was in this was. backyard. Thanks for giving us a pickaxe, Kent, but Jesus Christ. We found, in the ground, we found bricks, we found rocks, we found, like, creek rocks. I like, s- like gravel and, like, creek yeah. rocks. Uh, drywall. Yeah. Glass, plastic. Yeah, I swear there was it, when this house because it started as an old farmhouse. I swear there was like a shed out there for an old farm shed, and they just tore it down right there. It was wild. It wouldn't make sense. Um, so I won't go into too much detail. Just it was really sad. Yeah. Uh, can we? Can I share what I said on the way in? That apparently a lady heard me say. <sighs> yeah, someone she was, was sitting just in their vehicle. So spry, and she got out, and I was. What did I? I don't even know what I said. Really, like it was just like, can you act more like you're dying, please? Yeah, can you act more dead or something like that? And in I, typical Sam fashion, but, but I was fucking crying. But you were crying, so it's obvious that it, we weren't just weird people going to kill it, our dog. And it truly hurt. It was like, stop! You haven't acted like this in months. Don't do this now. But when she got inside. She just kind of collapsed as she does. Um, It was devastating. I will say that it's easily one of the hardest things I had to do. I thought putting little Juan down was hard, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know him nearly as long. We had Miss Clarence almost a decade. I think little Juan was like more obvious that he was, it was time. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Clarence was obvious. This was just like, this this one felt like we had to decide. Like she probably could have lived for another week. Or two weeks, but I think it was. We would have had to do a lot of work for yes. her. Yes, I think she probably she would have died have been in the night. Yeah. She wouldn't have been eating, and finding her dead would have been horrible. Yeah, especially with as much as she peed, uh, as she leaked out after <laughs> she died, she leaked a lot. lot of piss. If, if you can't tell, we're both struggling with making sure this was the right decision. <laughs> uh, I've had a tremendous amount of regret, and just b- said to myself, like, I, I wish we didn't do that. Um, but then I, I do the same thing, but then I go, no, we had to do that. It's so hard to reconcile, like I said, and just and judge it on a fair rating scale mm-hmm. of how she was when she was actually healthy versus how she was in the end. And when I looked at those two pictures or when I, I sent them to Pam today, uh, she she lost like almost half of her fucking body mass. Yeah, that second last picture, she looked William H. Emaciated. She was so skinny <laughs> by the end. And she ate that meat mountain from Arby's oh, the night yeah, before. Oh, yeah, let's talk about the meat mountain. And she didn't get sick? No, she didn't. That but... was super shocking. But I th- my theory was she wasn't getting sick from, like, I don't know, like, by, uh, what's the... 
like, oh, my gut's acting weird. I think she was puking from, my gut is small. It's not digesting. There's no more room. I just ate. It has she, to be expelled. She also looked like, since we did record it and I did post it, she chewed her food up a little more when it was the meat mountain yeah. versus everything else she eats. So she just she wolfs just, down and swallows. She used to eat like her papa and just inhale things. <sighs> and that's me. So, I mean, we've <laughs> we spent quite a bit of time talking about it already. So Sorry. I don't I don't want to make everyone too sad, but... It's it's impossible to not talk about it. The mm-hmm. dog has farted us out of the room on this During podcast. During the podcast. And she's been with us for a long time. She was our first pet together. Mm-hmm. She's been around for a long time. And mm-hmm. she had a history with us. This wasn't like we just got a dog. This was like we took over to caring for this dog. And then we had to give the dog back to the people. And then she got out and chose us basically again. Mm-hmm. Like it's a history. And people... From around the neighborhood were contacting us like, thank you for taking the dog. So it was a big deal. It sucks. It, and it's our podcast. So like we have to talk about this. Yeah, it's impossible it's a big to thing. not. And it actually feels good to get it out mm-hmm. to on microphone. Not that we haven't had these conversations six fucking times by now. No. And I've, I'm much more, uh, not always, but in this sense of grief, the, I have been very expressive with my emotions, but I feel like it's been so overwhelmingly, excruciatingly painful. I mean, not just like, oh, that sucks, that hurts, that was my friend. Just like, I mean, even like part of like, like I said, so much of my life was caring for her. I I could hear her while I was working during the day in your bedroom across the house, struggling to get up, and then I'd have to stop and go pick her up. Like, all the time. Did she have to go to the bathroom? Does she need water? Like, did our, she get sick? Our ears were trained to hear clacks and certain noises to go, oh, what's got to be done? <laughs> and by the end, she was waking me up every single night, often multiple times a night. Um, not every, but almost every single night to go to the bathroom. So it, it just became, she was just very needy. And I, I guess I have to say that I... I I and I've done it on the podcast. I've yelled at her so much. I I just wasn't as patient with her as I should have been. And yeah, I made a lot of jokes. A lot. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I said that was mean. What I was kidding. Yeah. I was I was saying it for humor's sake. I've never hated the dog. Uh, yeah. Yes, she drove me crazy. Yes, I'm more of a cat person. But at this point, I would rather have every annoying <laughs> characteristic and trait and behavior. Uh. I'd rather have all of that and have my dog mm-hmm. at the same time. Absolutely. So it's been super terrible, but uh, <laughs> I uh, and we've said it. I don't know what we would do if we didn't have a house full of cats. Oh yeah, it would have been awful. <sighs> it would still be even. It would be really hard still. Mm-hmm. It's still hard, but like Oliver screamed at the back door for a while today, but I still don't because we did. We put the dog out by the on the back porch, uh, but I didn't want to let her come in because she had peed so much and she had peed on her blanket a little bit. And that's what yeah. we were. I mean, that's what she was like being transported around in. And I just didn't want her to come inside dead. But so we took the cats out, but they just seemed distracted by the outside. So I don't know if they really understood. Yeah, we, she were, we were hoping to like make them understand that Clarence was gone. Like in my mind, they were going to like sniff her and like rub their head one last time and none of that none happened. of that happened i mean they kind of sniffed a little bit but also 
when does the death smell kick in? Right. Like how she, did she, how she did they like even she's know? At that point. Yeah, but it was weird. Oh, I mean, if you look at her, she's not sleeping. I I think that they may know, and they've also been very tremendously intuitive with sadness uh-huh. and uh, comforting people when they're sad and crying, or at least me. So it's been a thing. Uh, but like I said, I haven't cried a lot. Uh, I, I did put a, a status up. I'm going to say that there's a new Kids in the Hall oh, season yeah. that has come <laughs> out on Amazon Prime. I highly recommend it. That, that helped was, us both. <laughs> that was the. It was literally watching that show and laughing our asses off. And then as soon as it would stop and we would be back in reality, we would both just start <laughs> crying again. <laughs> It'd be like, ha, 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 this is wonderful. It's like the 90s again. I miss my dog. <laughs> oh, this is so painful. So, yeah, it's just been... It's been crazy, but I think we've been doing okay. Um, so it's time to do what we do here. So I don't even know. Have we even actually introduced ourselves or just said hey? No, we just said hey and assumed everyone that's uh, listening already knows what's okay, going on. Okay, so I'm no, Michelle. I'm Sam. And we, this is Couple of Critics Podcast. We are a review podcast where we provide each other with media that we like and we review it for you. This week, I chose a movie that I hadn't seen in a really long time. This whole house is filthy. I have uh, <laughs> I have slacked on everything domestic, having to be depressed and all that stuff and sad for a dead, dying dog. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, things are just behind. Um, yeah, so go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, at least you're getting this episode. I don't know if you even want it. I but know. I, uh, this guy was willing to not do it this week. And I really wanted to not do it, but I also just didn't want to drag this you out anymore. I think you nailed it. I think we would have felt worse tomorrow if we didn't get, do it. And I think it's time to get back to things. Like, mm-hmm. can't just sit here and sulk all the fucking time. And we are going to be sad for a long time, but... Who knows? We still got shit to get done. <laughs> we still have to live, and who knows? Who knows if another dog is randomly gonna need us at some point? And oh yeah, that's something we discussed. We're not gonna like go get a dog, but we're also not gonna be like no more dogs ever because that was what we said for a while. Not ever, but just at least no more dogs for a while because we need a fucking break. Yeah, and it turns out I really like having a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I said to you, I was like. What if I find out that part of my mental stability is I've got to have a dog? <laughs> and I don't think that that's the case because we have four fucking cats and that's a lot. So in introducing another a, a dog before uh, Wayne calms the fuck down more, right. I don't think is a good idea. And we don't want to go get a dog. I Part of Clarence's bond, we're still, still talking about Clarence. But, of course. <laughs> We're going to make the movie part probably shorter than usual. My notes are shorter than they've ever been for a movie. I don't have many notes at all, but Um, it's fine. What was I going to say? Part of the thing that was special about Clarence was we helped. It was was like she just came into our life. It it just like worked out. We didn't go get her. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that. No, but she was a neighbor dog. But as people who like. Who wasn't liked by her owner. I mean, I consider myself a dog person. And I think you would too. You fucking love dogs. It's just you prefer cats. Yeah, I, I think I'm a cat person, but I love, love dogs. animals yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. Animals are fun. I see a dog and I'm like, ooh, I want to pet you. So we're not sitting here like, we've got to have a dog. No. It's just when a dog is needed, or when a dog needs us, basically, and it falls in and it feels right, I, I was going to say no before, 
but now I might have to be like, hey, we'll see the options here. Yeah. And, but I still want to call every dog from here on out. <laughs> I still have, <laughs> I feel like I have so much love to give animals mm-hmm. since I'm just not built to want to be a mom. Uh, I have, but I still have all this love and affection that I want to give. I'm not, just because I don't want to be a mom doesn't mean I hate little things. <laughs> <laughs> I love animals. Animals give me tremendous joy and, uh, I really love Clarence, so this episode of Dogma is for you, Miss Clarence. <laughs> wow, wow, how, wow, how convenient that it worked out to be Dogma this Dogma and that she's in some... Because uh, when you chose this Dogma movie, state. we weren't scheduled to kill the dog. Not at all. <laughs> and uh, so this is a movie that's really hard to find. It is a Weinstein <laughs> Company production. Is that why it's hard to find? Yes. Wow. So it is owned by the Weinstein Company. And when all of that Harvey Weinstein stuff went down, everything had to, like, no one wants any of their movies. No, I mean, not like any of their movies, but uh, they don't, they're not going to distribute specifically stuff from that certain pile of things. And plus, wouldn't the Weinsteins both still get residuals from all that? So if they, like, put out a special edition of Dogma. Which they could, but I mean, Harvey Weinstein is going to die in jail, in jail yeah. and his brother you would uh, still get funds from it yeah i don't know how that works i think they had to close their company probably so but i you think still it, own the rights and everything so too. i think that that movie just got shit canned yeah. which really sucks so it's on zero streaming services it's not even in production i had mm. to buy a copy off of ebay i did not realize that it was full screen oh yeah especially <laughs> i forgot especially since on youtube there are two widescreen versions oh we could have watched this on youtube didn't know that <laughs> But I like you can't rely on that shit if someone just if someone just puts it up That's like true. they there did. Could be missing scenes. That or it could be also just taken down at any point in uh, time. Yeah. So I this is my favorite Kevin Smith movie, and I think that it's appropriate to own. I don't own a ton of DVDs anymore. No, we've so both been weeding out our DVDs. I I don't think I have anything to get rid of anymore that i that i don't want to part with i right. think i like everything that i own even though i don't necessarily always watch it but you can't always rely on something being on streaming a lot of the stuff you've got isn't on streaming a lot of the stuff i've got isn't on streaming i can't find fucking faulty horror movies on streaming and sure you could watch a couple of them on youtube but like you just said, you can't rely on them always being there. Well, it's also tougher because streaming services started as just a handful of streaming services. Mm-hmm. Now, so many companies are taking back their programming so they can have their own standalone streaming service. Yeah. So it's not as easy to watch everything. If I want to watch Drawn Together from Comedy Central back in the early 2000s, I have it on DVD. If I want to watch Flavor of Love... I got that shit on DVD. <laughs> if we want to watch Comedy Bang Bang seasons one through four, you've got that on DVD. I got that shit on DVD. Fuck yeah. If I want to watch The Beyond by Lucio Fulci, I got that shit on DVD. And even seasons of like The Simpsons and stuff, which they say yeah. is available, but uh, edited. Oh, oh. And things you've are got, different. You've got the South Park episode where uh, they already drew Muhammad and nobody gave a fuck. Uh, and then Muhammad. later. Yeah, Muhammad. And then later, 
they had to censor. Mm-hmm. And then they don't even play that fucking episode now. You've got it on DVD. So it's Let's play it for everyone so we can be murdered. Definitely nice to have things that you own. And this felt like something I should own, so I spent maybe $36 on it. Uh, it's, about, it's probably about a Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, but a Blu-ray looks good and is widescreen. <laughs> you gonna take what you can get i will say this we thought of this while we were watching it honestly it's more nostalgic for us to watch it full screen because that's how we would have watched it back in the day probably yeah i watched it on vhs on a full screen tv yeah a on a on a round but boy you can tell when you're used to watching shit on widescreen, you can tell watching it. You're like, oh, man, I'm supposed to see a lot more. This shot kind of sucks. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll, there are a ton of... Uh, I didn't write a lot of notes down at all. Uh, but one thing that I did look at while the movie was going is that there's a lot of trivia on IMDb. Oh, really? About this movie. So I, a lot of factoids, you're saying. If they're true, because who yeah. who all is even able to enter that stuff? You never know. So I I do want to preface this with you know I'm getting th- some things from IMDb trivia. I don't mm-hmm. know how accurate it is, but I do know. So Dogma Kevin Smith, writer director, yeah, and Silent Bob, yeah, famous character, yeah, most famous movie Tusk. I know he actually wrote this. Around the Clerks days. Ah, uh, I read that. Yeah, it, but it I had a different that. name. It was called God, God. was the working yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of things that he changed over the years. He had different people in mind. He wrote the parts for different people. Uh, like the main, uh, one of the main uh, Loki, Bartleby, was, I think, maybe it was Affleck's part. Or no, it was uh, it was Damon's part. was written for Jason Lee. Oh, okay. But supposedly, like, the chemistry was so good with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Of course, this came out, like, a year or two years after Goodwill Hunting. Mm. So they... I didn't know it came out after. It was... I was hoping this was, like, Kevin Smith figured out that those two dudes can work well together. No, it was... But it was really... Because that shit blew up. Goodwill the... Hunting? Matt and Ben Affleck. Yeah, I remember, Matt like, and ben. the team. Did they have a team name? Well, they did that show... That like Project Greenlight show where they helped people make movies. Project Greenlight. Do you remember that? It. I don't. I've heard that name. Is that the show that got the movie Feast made? That's possible. It was one. It was on one of the premium movie channels. I don't know if it was HBO or Showtime. Okay. But Project Greenlight was a show for a long time where they supposedly helped filmmakers. But they've been together. They were friends when they were younger. As well as Casey Affleck, oh, Ben's brother. I remember. Do you remember watching in middle school? We had to watch some thing about like education, and they like sailed around the ocean and stuff. And Casey Affleck was no, it, it was it Ben. Was ben, it was a young uh, Ben Affleck, it was a young Benny Affleck. Because I knew who he was when we watched it. I remember just being like, "Holy shit, that's Ben yeah, Affleck!" I remember the teacher being like, "And you'll notice a young Ben Affleck." It's for the ladies. Okay, we both had Parmer, so we would have watched that together in the same classroom. Oh, sweet. But I don't remember you in that class at all. I feel like, okay, so in Parmer's class, it was three rows of desks that all faced her. I'm not going to remember You those. don't remember where you sat? I do not know. Because of course not. I sat in the middle in the back. 
So I feel like I would have had, I mean, I would have had a, I would have seen most everyone in the class. So you must have been just not sitting around me. Or I was like right next to you and you just didn't make it that far to the right. No, Bro- <laughs> Brock Dirk sat next to me. Oh, Brock Dirk. And I had a crush on that, that bubble butt. Big booty son of a bitch. Uh, no offense to you because you you hey. you don't have a big butt, but I've always liked a bubble butt on a guy. I don't know what it is. I'm sure you like an ass on a chick and tits on a chick. So what? Guys are supposed to have no ass. They're I, men. Be a man. No. <laughs> and you're not supposed to have a chin either. I think you're going. You're you're stretching that a little bit, much like my. You're chin, also which supposed you to have a little chest thing that goes in further. So no matter how much weight you lose, you'll always have a gut. An indention. Yeah. That's not natural. Okay, so this movie came out in 1999. Oh, wow, Okay, so if I would have known 99, I definitely would have said, yeah, fucking Goodwill Hunting happened but, way before this. But it was supposed to come out in 98, Ooh. and then it was switched over to Lion. I think it was officially released by Lionsgate, or it was something with Lionsgate and Miramax, because okay. Miramax, Miramax is, is, I believe, the Weinstein yeah. company. Yeah. Yeah. So there was controversy controversy of course with the movie because it's about god it's about catholicism yeah and and god and there were tons of uh, people protesting i guess there's this whole thing that kevin smith joined some protest on the other side against his movie but they, no one recognized him <laughs> so he's on the other side like yeah fuck that you know, fat fuck that made this movie he's like i hear they say it's not funny <laughs> <laughs> So there's there's like some I think I don't know if there's actual uh, footage of it, but there's I mean Kevin Smith has talked about it on stage. That's funny. I like Kevin Smith. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. I like him too. And he is a genuinely nice guy. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot. He can talk for hours, but he's so nice. And he's uh he seems like a mo- smart and sensitive and and not afraid to be in touch with his feelings because I oh, think that that makes no. you. A more intelligent person uh, or seemingly more intelligent when you aren't just being like, oh, I'm not going to access that part oh. of me that clearly exists. Oh, no. He cries when he talks about Batman. Liter- know, yeah. Literally weeps. Yeah, that's it's. <laughs> I can't say anything to that. Uh, but and then the parents. So the main idea is that there are these two uh, angels who were banished to were they actually banished to hell and then sent to earth or were they banished from they were banished to wisconsin well i feel but but they they were like oh and go because there was a there was a moment where matt damon was like oh and go back to hell fuck that so i feel like they were kicked out of heaven into hell and then there was a punishment that they were supposed to live in wisconsin for all eternity go back to hell i didn't hear him say back to hell i thought he said or I don't. I know. Because I know that if they maybe would, not back to hell. I, I could explain. I mean, yeah, whatever. I'd get into the later plot of the movie if I said why he would have said that. But I think you get it too because he'd be committing suicide, and you can't get into heaven if you commit suicide. That's what they say. Poor Naomi Judd. She's not going to heaven. <laughs> she was a Pentecostal too, so she was she was dusting the floor when she served the Lord. <laughs> I love how your grandpa would say that. Oh, that's your grandma. Yeah, <laughs> she'd be at church rolling down the aisles, <laughs> dusting broom in the floor. That's great. Uh, Matt Damon, 
and uh, Ben Affleck, who are playing these two angels, Loki and uh, Bartleby. Bartleby, so young. They look so when young. When it shows them. Oh, I want to talk about the very, very beginning when uh, God gets attacked. Well, this this movie is 24 years old. Yeah. So they, they looked so fucking. young. <laughs> Especially when you think of Ben Affleck in that meme picture when he's smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he looks like he's like aged and tired years old minimum uh, i wouldn't say that but yeah oh i thought so i meant today's 55 you know what's weird is that it's hard to watch matt damon movies without paying for them i don't know what that is most streaming services don't have his movies available it's the matt damon clause i don't know what it is because there are a lot of matt damon movies i would like to see that i've never seen because they're not on streaming services huh. what about this matt damon movie uh team america world police is that streamable matt, matt damon, damon. I own that. Yes, you do. <laughs> and I watch it every once in a while. <laughs> yes, you do. That movie's fucking hysterical. I watch all the Matt Stone and Trey Parker movies every once in a while, except for Cannibal. That's like... Oh, that's like my favorite that's one. That's lower on my list. Uh, I I love trash. It's so funny. That that's lower on my list. Like That's my favorite one because it's shot with shitty cameras. The sound is bad. <laughs> I like Orgasmo, and Orgasmo's bad. Not, not as bad as Cannibal. Not film-wise. But the beginning of this movie, when... Because it's God... Like hanging out at a ski ball thing. Yeah. So the whole idea is that these two angels, uh, they have an idea because someone sent them a paper that there is this church that's going to be opening. Right. It's not opening. They're uh, well, maybe. Or it's, or it's this. They're doing ceremony. a big. They're doing a big Catholic Catholicism. Wow. Like reinvention. Thing. They're reinventing Catholicism. So he's made it Catholic law that if you enter the gates. Uh, uh, you or pass the, through the arches, through of, the the arches church. of the church All sins will be forgiven Yes You don't even have to talk to the priest No, you just have to walk through these arches And since Catholic law is bound by man or something It's become like an official rule well, In the world of God Something about laws On yeah. earth being the laws Respected of the <laughs> in heaven I don't fucking know I don't read the Bible <laughs> Uh, I have, and it did, all it, all I got from reading the Bible was this person had this many kids and lived this many hundreds of years, and it didn't make any sense. Methuselah. It was. It was. I couldn't get through the first, uh, the first testament, and uh, it's really boring because it's more historically based, mm. supposedly. Supposedly. Um. So, yeah. So the idea is that they are going to go back. Yes, because they've been kicked out. Loki was the... He wielded the sword. He, like, killed people for God. Bartleby convinces him, don't do this anymore. That's not godly. He throws the sword down. They get kicked out of heaven. Maybe to hell. We're not sure. Yeah, not really sure. But now they have a chance in their minds that they can get back to heaven because... And and maybe this part is something I'm having a hard time connecting. Because the whole idea idea is that they're trying to do that... But I don't really understand where the John Doe jersey actually like affects the story until the end because nothing can be stopped because God is incapacitated in a body in the yeah. hospital. Well, you, so, you get it. What don't you get? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just that. So apparently God is a huge ski ball fan. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, was it once a year or just... Uh, just takes sabbaticals every once in a just while. Just likes to take trips and enter human bodies and take their form and play skee-ball 
on the boardwalk. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, you later find out that it was another demon who sent that information to them because they want... Because I guess if that happens, it also just undoes existence, which doesn't make sense. Because these two were banished from hell by God. So if they're able to get back up there, that means that God's decree is bullshit. And God is infallible. If they prove God wrong, therefore nothing in existence is correct. And everything would just... everything will just cease to exist. Yeah, so there is a demon who's tired of hell... So he he sends that information oh, to you them. Mean Azrael, played by Jason Lee. Yes. So <laughs> he, which they don't know who sent it to them at first. They just know that they received it, and uh, you just you get really wordy, which I think is interesting because Kevin Smith talks a lot, but the dialogue is so wordy. But I don't think I'm sure you've never seen Goodwill Hunting. No. Also, a very wordy script. So it also just it just fit. They're they're good with uh, long dialogue, it seems. Yes. They're good with remembering their lines. Both Ben Affleck and, and Matt, Matt Damon. Damon have long, like, arguments. And just conversations. And it's, a couple of them are one shot, like when they're on that, uh, the not an escalator, but it's the airport version of an escalator that just goes forward. Yeah. Uh, the walking mat or whatever it is. They're just hanging out on that, which, by the way, they're taking up both spots and they're just hanging on it. Assholes. They need to stick to one side so other people can walk by. Uh, <laughs> during those scenes, during that scene specifically, there's a long thing of dialogue. And they are obviously very good at remembering their lines and not only remember good at remembering them, but like delivering, inflecting where it matters of like part of the story. You get the feeling that they're good actors from the beginning, which I mean, so his it's John Doe, but he, it's in New Jersey is where it takes place. And God is in the body of an old man. And these three skater guys or I'm not really oh, skaters. We're not calling them skater on, guys. They're fruit booters. Okay. Fruit. Booters. They're wearing fruit boots. And by that, Jimmy Rowland would call it extreme inline skating i can't remember what he rollerblading is what we're yeah, talking they're about on rollerblades rollerbladers with hockey sticks this is where i already have plot hole i don't know if it's number one because i don't know if i have any more plot holes but this is the first plot hole in my mind and it's i wrote the it down to fucking beginning of the movie what's yours i wrote it too so he is just on the he's just on the boardwalk looking at the ocean he's just admiring his creation just oblivious to the world around him if God is all-knowing, why would God let these three demon boys, I guess? I don't know if they're possessed. I don't know if they're actually demons. I don't, know I don't what really they are. know they, what happens. They never get... I think they're demons because Well, they die in holy water. Yeah, so I think they're... But they also could have been drowned. <laughs> maybe they're... Well, they smoke while they're being drowned. Oh, that's true. But uh, they're either possessed and that's they, they were drowned, and that's how they were killed in human form. And the holy water killed the demon that possessed them, mm-hmm. or they were just low-level demons. I'm gonna guess that. Yeah, that's who work for Azrael. No, they okay. Yeah, they totally were because there was one point when they were able to like cut the uh, time reality. Yeah, and like <laughs> jump into I don't know space. It was very weird. Uh, it, was like it was a Warner Brothers cartoon. So they essentially they beat this uh, this man to to. To smithereens. Yeah, they knock him unconscious in the whole time. So like, well, he's like fighting is... for his life and on life support yeah, in the hospital. So he's looking around. He hears the rollerblades go because they all do that. 
cool. And they're on a boardwalk, so everything yeah, is wood. So it's, everything's clacking. So they do that cool thing, you know, where oh, you like kick your rollerblades to the side and you go whoosh, and you stop really quick on a turn. And they look at God. Right then, God could be like, oh, fuck, these are demons. I know because I created everything. And we just go, poof, you're gone. Anyway, I was looking at a sunset. Instead, he gets the shit beat out of him with hockey sticks. Yeah, so maybe this is what's not understood to me. So how much control does God have when God is in a human body? Does God lose part of that sensibility? That's where you just answered it, probably. But then how does God leave the human body and go back up to heaven when they're done playing skee-ball? Yep, you just... He answered that one. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's one of those. You just can't think about it too much because, like, you just have to accept that God is stuck in a body during this whole movie, which is why he can't take care of any of the problems that are happening. Yeah. So there is a man on life support in a hospital throughout the movie, even though you don't see uh, him. It just. well, you're the actor? Yeah. What I was can't his remember his name, name but you, re- you recognized it. He was from the movie Harold and Maude. Which is, you know what Harold and Maude is about? Nope, a dog. Hey, his name is Bud Court. No, Harold and Maude is about uh, a younger man who's obsessed with death who meets an older woman named Maude who's got a quirky sensibility about her. Now, Harold and Maude start to hang out. There's Harold I've and Maude. I've seen that. They start to hang out and first just have a friendship. By the end of the movie... They have a romantic relationship. But that's like grandmother and grandson. Yes, it is. In other words, really fucking hot. I watch Harold and Maude and pull my pod. So (laughs) the whole idea, again, is that these angels are trying to get back into heaven. And the last scion, who is basically, it's the last descendant of Christ. Because it is believed by some people, which makes sense in the world of the way that humans work. Biology? Um, if you believe the, the Bible, you would believe that Mary was a virgin when she had Christ. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a lot of uh, years in the Bible that are not accounted for of Jesus's life. Yeah, it's like 16 years, isn't it? It is very possible. Like 17. It is very possible or something like that. But anyway. <laughs> You're going to put one year on it? <laughs> I think it was 13 to 30. Okay. <laughs> but 16 was close. It's enough. simple fucking math. <laughs> um, the So the last descendant of Christ, because Christ most likely had siblings because they were a married couple and even if supposedly Jesus w- was born without dick touching the veg, even though I think Mary I'm, was just... I'm pretty sure Jesus's penis accidentally touched Mary's veg on the way out. It was on purpose. <laughs> so it's the way that God made us. <sighs> you had to slither out of your mom and your penis touched her vagina. It was not nearly big enough to touch anything. It touched. <laughs> it touched so the last scion is a lady who works in an abortion clinic but still for some reason feels tied to her faith she still goes to catholic mass she recites everything uh but nothing really makes sense she was married she couldn't conceive um so she's still she seems kind of bitter but kind of not it's a really weird character the main Can we talk about who it is bethany it's it's laura i don't remember her last name doesn't matter what her actual name is it's the lady from men in black that gets 
uh, <laughs> memoried all the time. Neuralized. Yeah. You don't even know. Oh, it doesn't even matter who she is. <laughs> it doesn't matter what her real name is. It matters that she was in Men in Black. It's like it's all the little Fiori- man. Fiorino or something. So she is one of those actresses who are known as being notoriously hard to work <laughs> That's with. That's what I was going to say. Didn't you tell me she's a little bit of a, Kevin Smith, a rough character? S- Jesus Christ, Oliver. Kevin Smith... I said that there were days filming that she wouldn't even talk to him and he didn't know why that she was just really moody and there are other people there are people who complained about her because it was the whole thing that uh, Tommy Lee Jones didn't want to come back if she was going to be in the second Men in Black 2 so she disappeared yeah yeah she is known as being tough to work with I guess they did not speak after this movie was made until Kevin Smith had his heart attack and a lot of people reached out to him including her and they reconciled then so it had been a long time oh I wonder if she finally grew up or got a little older and was like man I was a fucking bitch I don't know maybe every, perspective changed. every story of me is <laughs> like rough well I think that might not that might be why she doesn't really work anymore yeah I, that's what happens in Hollywood from what you or in acting from what you hear from other actors like mm-hmm. you get a reputation and unless you're really really good and you can bring like something that no one else can you kind of got to be like pleasure like you got to yeah. be okay to hang around so we do find out that that she is the last scion she is the the last descendant and so of everyone Christ. knows we're doing very broad things here. You find this out way later in the movie, so it's not just like yeah, we're just kind hey, of explaining. Yeah, um, I just want people to know, so it's not like chronological. Oh, I don't think anyone is coming here for stuff like that. I don't know if they were. I'm just saying it. Well, it's just like the Chris episode. It was more broad speaking, and I thought that that's yeah, that what was you were great. more comfortable doing. I'm, I am. I'm just letting other people know that it's not chronological. You don't find out she's the Jesus lady until towards the end. But you do find out that at this time when they were filming this, that at the abortion clinic that she works with, her co-worker Janine Garofalo is allowed to just smoke cigarettes in the break room like it's nothing. Yeah, this was the 90s, baby. This the was the late ni- 90s. 1999? It seems like it would have been maybe right after this movie came out that they would have stopped so? smoking in hospitals and clinics. Well, an abortion clinic is not. At that time, still, it's not like a hospital. It's like an old house. As someone who's been to one, it was a medical facility. Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with medical facility. And the idea of someone smoking in the break room is absurd. Oh, yeah. I think anyone smoking in any break room nowadays of any place that you work at is fucking crazy. There's a few auto shop stores still around this area. You go in and they can smoke at the counter. Like, you'll be ordering a, a car part from them, and they're like, Now, is that a 2002 or a 2003? Well, I guess that makes sense because they're not selling food. Yeah, but it's still, like, rough. Well, it's disgusting. Yeah. just seems like the public now, you just don't do that. So she is, uh, her name is Bethany, is the main character, and she does her normal go to church, go to the abortion clinic for work. Uh, just a very kind of conflicting life because Catholics in particular do not like any form of birth control other than pulling out. <laughs> they don't even like that. At least the men. And butt stuff is sodomy. Is so... it sodomy if the other person agrees? I always felt like sodomy was like almost rape. No, sodomy is also oral sex. Sodomy is? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It encompasses a lot. 
It's not mm. just butt sex. It's so also... Is sodomy pretty much just a penis entering any hole that's not the vagina? Yeah. Interesting. It's it's indecent. But no, one's, no one cares. No one's going to walk into your bedroom and be like, stop 69ing. It's against the Lord. <laughs> or it's illegal. I'm going to arrest you. I get... I just thought of somebody get caught getting a blowjob and someone yells, Stop this sodomy! So, or just yelling sodomite. Sodomite is a great word. Truly a great word. Love it. Why are you sucking that dick, you sodomite? So we find out um, that this whole thing is even happening when Bethany goes to bed and is awoken in the middle of the night by a fiery display. Mm-hmm. Then there is an angel who appears, who is known as the voice of God. He is, um, why can't I think of his name? I just lost his it. His name no, is... No, no, the character name. Oh. <laughs> Asshole. Don't, you were trying to jump into it before I'm ready. Metatron. Yeah, he was the Metatron, the voice of the one true God. I... Played I... <laughs> by the one and only... Alan Rickman. I am the Metatron. I am the Metatron. <laughs> I have no genitalia. I wouldn't. I couldn't rape you if I even wanted to. <laughs> oh, you think everyone wants to get in your knickers, Harry Potter? You're you're losing the Rickman. I can't do it for very long. I got to go back in my nose. It's not always like that, though. <laughs> Listen up, Potter. I'm going to make you die hard. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say, I'm going to make you come. (laughs) No, No, just die hard. Uh, So I thought his name for uh, the first time we watched it was La Metatron. And then later I noticed like they were saying the Metatron. Metatron. So it's interesting that a lot of these, the terms and stuff that he uses are mostly, are are accurate. Because I was doing research and uh, things, you know, do correlate and line up. Mm -hmm. Except that I believe that Bartleby and Loki's positions are actually switched. Really? The one who was the, because you, the whole idea is that it was Bartleby, Ben Affleck's character, who convinced Matt Damon's character, Loki, to uh, kill a bunch of people and get kicked out of heaven when I think, biblically, it's the other way around. I think Bartleby maybe it was, but I don't know. I thought it was that Bartleby convinced him to not kill anybody and throw down his fiery sword. Maybe that. Oh, and just quit. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking that wrong. Uh, Do you like how I said, and throw down his fiery sword? Mm Mm-hmm. It works for me. So Alan Rickman teaches us also that uh, angels have no genitalia. <laughs> they just with a, with a fabulous scene, by the so way. So it's very interesting to see this prosthetic. <laughs> well, first of all, it's very fun to see Alan Rickman pull his pants down because yeah, yeah. that's not something you would expect with the in, kind of actor in, that he in is. A very look at this kind of way. It's not just like hold on. It's like a <laughs> and he's. Anatomically a kindor. A kindor. <laughs> and it is. It's very weird to see. It looks like you, a kindor. You can definitely tell. Like, it's just some like prosthetic shorts, basically, that they put a, a mm-hmm. prosthetic underwear that looks like skin. They just and faded into it, a skin. And it doesn't look like human skin. It's very pale. It's got like a lot it's of... It's like a, plasticky and shiny. It looks like a lot of like veins that they put in there for some reason. I think they put fake hairs and stuff to blend in and it. 
blend it into his leg hair is gross. <laughs> it's very, very unappetizing. I don't think they would blend it into the leg hair. I thought they would make him like almost knee length. That way you can just pull it down. You have to uh, blend it into his actual. Unless he just has weird leg hair. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he just says you are needed to stop two angels from getting into this church. He briefly explains what's going on. And He's being dicey about details. Yeah, he doesn't explain everything. He'll just say, you know, you'll be helped by two prophets. You have to stop these two angels. He doesn't tell her who she is. And she's just like, this is crazy. But he does a few little magic things that prove to her that uh, what he's saying isn't total bullshit, (laughs) even though she doesn't understand. He does some angel shit. So you know how there are, because he takes her through that whole scene and he tells her what's going on and explains it to her and kind of vaguely explains it to her. And then he has those maracas and he shakes them and then she she isn't sure if it's real because she wakes up in bed and then she pulls the maracas out from under her pillow. I read that during filming, Alan Rickman had those maracas for a full day and annoyed the piss out of everyone <laughs> working. But I also read that like uh, Kevin Smith gave Jason Muse a huge talking to as far as learning his lines and being professional because Alan Rickman would be on set. <laughs> and then Alan Rickman is the one acting like a kid with maracas <laughs> annoying everyone. <laughs> well, since you brought up Jason Mewes, I've also, uh, I saw an interview with him recently that like these movies are the things that would get him clean for sections of his life. Which is interesting that you say okay, that. Okay. What do you got for me? Okay. So there was this whole thing that I guess, uh, let me see. I'm not very far from it. Um, it's Fiorentino, Linda Fiorentino. Okay, so so Kevin Smith, he wrote this thing about um, Jason and his... Okay, he wrote a lengthy multi-part blog detailing Jason Muse's battle with drugs. And he describes how Muse was using heroin during the filming of Dogma. Ah. This is interesting. With specific reference to the scene outside of movies where the apostle is telling Bethany, Silent Bob, and Jay his life story, Muse kept nodding off during the takes where he wasn't in the shot. I guess Smith, or uh, Kevin Smith went off on him. Okay. And then I will show it to you because I, I, I lined this up. So later when they are... Because... Uh, we are kind of jumping around, but we did already tell you that the demon Azrael. Yeah, Azrael, played by Jason Lee. He eventually uh, catches up to them and tells, they find out like that he was the one who sent that paper, newspaper clipping to the angels and gave them the idea that they could do this whole thing. He's the guy setting it all up. Yes. When they were there, uh, <sighs> The scene in the bar when they're sitting down and talking, you can see Jason Muse on the nod. Really? Not always because there are scenes when and um you know he's supposed to be reacting. It, when you actually watch it, I'm going to play this, people will hear the audio. When they're doing wide shots and Jason Muse is not the focus, he is like sleeping. He's sitting in his chair with his head fully down sleeping what the fuck? because he's he's fucked up on heroin here Let we go see this so all this is about revenge you're gonna unmake existence because you have a grudge against god after the first million years no escape from hell became my all-consuming reason 
So I studied the religions and waited for my opportunity to present itself, which it finally did in Catholicism, plenary indulgence. But I couldn't exercise I Jason Lee. Demons can't become human. No, we can't transubstantiate. Holy shit. Holy fuck. But angels can. I didn't notice it when we were watching it, even though I read it. Yeah. After that, it was a simple matter. On the nod. Oh my god, he's not an art. Centennial. And, and then there are more shots. Article oh my out. god. I'm trying to look at Kevin Smith too and An see how fucking pissed off he is. Kept them cloaked and off heaven's radars. And aside from the on the nod, here, the almost in every wide, uh huh, almost every wide shot, he is nodding off. Look how fucking so red Kevin Smith's face is. Yeah, his cheeks are red. He's probably fashion. pissed. Her. Imagine and trying how? to be Jason Lee and trying That's to act, and you just see this fucking guy falling asleep in the middle of the set, sitting next to Chris Rock. Yeah, in between Chris and, and Rock and Kevin Smith. the guy who gave Smith. you this fucking job, Kevin Smith. Literally in the middle of the shot. That's so disrespectful. I don't know how I've never noticed it before. Wow. That's You've obviously that never noticed no, it. No, because I'm always watching like Jason Lee. Because mm, he's giving this big performance yeah. and he's talking to Selma Hayek's character. This movie, by the way, has tons of names in yeah. it. Yeah. It has a lot of people. It's We've, like Kevin's first like big thing it was his big blockbuster movie it was the it was the most expensive movie that i think that they had made not his not view askew but i think like or maybe it grossed the most like it was a popular movie for a while for the company that put it, it out. out it was a thing but they they definitely made more it was like a 10 million dollar budget and they made like 40 million nice or something like that nice for the weinsteins good for them <laughs> it was the highest grossing kevin smith movie he's ever made uh, it, it it looks the best if you ask me out of it's all the kevin best. smith movies it's it my looks favorite the best. uh i like jay and silent bob strike back but i like that it's not filmed as well the, the shots aren't as good like literally the artistic shots now one thing i will say about this movie it's got terrible transition shots in it where it does like diagonal wipes and stuff like that and you're just like Ooh, okay that didn't age well uh, oh it's just like the basic but, stuff that they had but in the 90s people's performances are fucking good uh that, like you said, the, the cast that he's getting somehow? The cast is good. I think that the story itself is interesting, and I think that the script is great. Oh, and then since you brought that up, I think him waiting for it to be a later movie helped him greatly. He wouldn't have had the budget for it. The script, I don't think, would have been as good. And to have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are essential in this movie. Like, I remembered a lot, but what I remembered the most was all the Loki and, and Bartleby. Bartleby stuff. Interesting. So I, I'm not as familiar with Clerks. Uh, I for a minute there I was. Apparently at the end of Clerks, because this was yeah. meant to be next. It says you like Jane Silent Bob. Jane Silent Bob in, in Dogma. Go- it said Dogma. It said Dogma. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but then, happen. but then he did Mallrats, Chasing Amy. He needed to get more under his belt too, and that's Especially what he wanted to be able to, to do. work with somebody like Alan Rickman. Uh. uh, uh George Carlin is the priest. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic as the priest. This like new hip and like smoking cigarettes. And yeah, with Buddy Christ <laughs> because buddy. Oh, buddy because Christ. the the crucifix is too depressing. <laughs> so they wanted the Buddy Christ who is literally winking and giving the finger guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking fantastic, which is great. Um, oh, that line when he's like. Talking about, I wish we had the numbers that the tobacco companies have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Treating Catholicism as it's like 
a tradable asset. <laughs> mm-hmm. Linda Fiorentino was a name at the time. For sure. We have Chris Rock. We have Salma Hayek. Jason Lee. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo. And then all the people that have been in Kevin Smith's movies, he gives them little parts in like everything. Oh, yeah. Like, so like the Clerks guys are always in little parts. Clerks guys are always in there. Uh, I looked up but like a lot of the dudes. Brian the- Johnson, the guy who were the... The protesters at the abortion yeah, clinic. Yeah, the they beginning. were all in that fucking Jay and Silent Bob's comic book stash show or whatever that was popular on AMC. I think it was on. Okay, or whatever it was on, they had like I a reality show. AMC. and those guys were popular. And it's like, oh yeah, you see them in Dogma, and like the dude at the strip club. He's a dude that gets thrown into stuff by Kevin Smith too. Okay, the dude that's uh, the head of the other crew. And he's like. I've been waiting all day to smoke, motherfucker, and like <laughs> start shooting that shit demon with the. Uh, machine gun machine gun call me machine so it, the, the cast is enormous and uh it's crazy that jason muse was nodding off because of heroin <laughs> yeah that's fucking <laughs> wild and jason muse made me laugh a lot in this movie too that's sad because to... like i said i watched an interview where he said like i would get clean for the movies was he in mall? Were they in Mallrats? I do not know. I'm not familiar with Mallrats anymore. I used to own it, and I used to watch it a lot. And I oh, yeah. currently cannot remember if they were in there. I think they might have been. Isn't that terrible? I think they were. Uh, I've never seen Chasing Amy. I have. It's not good. It's it's an actual. It's just a um. It's a romantic comedy, but more romantic. Not interested. Ben Affleck, uh, Jason Lee. And Joey Lauren Adams hmm. was the main character. She was also in Mallrats. She is the blonde girl. Oh. And she showed her boobs multiple times in Mallrats while she was changing because, yeah, oh, the- Jay and Silent Bob were because they were trying to do that fucking Batman shit. And they kept cra- <laughs> Silent Bob kept crashing through. And seeing that girl changing her clothes. Yeah, that's right. Just- I didn't even have to look it up. <laughs> I remembered. Uh, since we're talking about, we mentioned Jason Lee again. When it first introduces him in the doorbell rings and they open the door and jason lee like literally does a turn to camera and it's like hi there and he's so good at being a a shit like he's just got this shit grin on his face right after they do the scene they they kill that lady and they take over her house and he's breathing in the air conditioning through the vent right after that is a scene of kids skating skateboarding down the street Mm -hmm. and i solely believe that was done on purpose like Jason Lee, professional skateboarder. Let's put some ice skating oh, in right after. I never even thought about that. Fuck yeah. Oh, as soon as I saw Jason Lee, I was like, yeah, that motherfucker can ollie like a motherfucker. It's funny because <laughs> at the time, they, the eye candy was probably technically Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Oh, absolutely. But for me. And Selma Hayek. I always had a crush on Jason Lee. I would too if I was a lady. And I, I loved him in Mallrats. Good for me because that's the guy. Like, I've mut- always mutton had- chops on, a, on Jason Lee. Is why I wanted mutton chops. <laughs> I've always liked more of the guy. I like the funny guy. You like the weirdos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I always have. So, yeah. I always, I always had, had a crush, crush on, on Silent Bob. <laughs> so does, oh, all so does Jay in the movie. Well, actually, I don't know. He calls him his hetero, hetero, hetero life, life mate. mate. Yeah, that's that's a running gag through a couple of the movies. There are a few running gags through this. Would you like to take a break and come back and talk oh, a, a little about the movie Oh, because we're an hour or so more? in? All right. Yeah, I would like to take a break. Let's do that. And let's, we're talking uh, about this in sporadic ways, but I love it. I don't really like explaining the movies to people, so... This is good. Yeah. This is going good. What scene is this from? This is Mooby the Golden Calf song. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Mooby. 
There was pop-up movie restaurants there for a little bit. I looked them up. Most of them are permanently closed, but there's one in Miami that's still going strong. I think there might be one in either Rhode Island or New York as well, but all the other ones are closed. Well, just like Will Smith, we're going to Miami. Did I get that artist right? You did. Yes! That's interesting because Chris Rock is in this movie, and that's a whole new world. Keep Chris Rock's name out your motherfucking mouth. And then I slap you on camera. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> okay. Thank you for explaining a joke to me. We're back. Thank you for playing that because you closed a loop in my head that's been there for a long time. There's a scene where out of nowhere, Loki, Matt Damon's character, starts just singing whose house runs house. I mean, he did it because he just fucking killed a a sinner in his eyes. So he's Mm -hmm. like on cloud nine because he's wielding the uh, theoretical fiery sword again. But I had no idea what that was. I should have known. It's a run DMC song. I should have just thought about, what's the one thing you know that's run? Who could be somebody named Run? Who could have a house named Run? I don't know anyone else named Run besides Run from Run DMC. Well, there you go. Thank you very, very much. Do we know what year that song came out? It probably doesn't say it on there, does it? I can figure it out very quickly. 1988. Beautiful. I was three... Potentially. Ooh, it's on the album with Mary, Mary, why <laughs> you bugging? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we wanted to talk Ooh. about some more dogma stuff. Christmas and Hollis is also on, on that, that album. album. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Mom's, Mom's cooking chi- chi- uh, Mom's Mom's chicken, chicken and collard greens. greens. Rice and stuff and macaroni and cheese. And Santa put gifts Just under Christmas, Christmas cheese. cheese. <laughs> oh, man. Good shit. Run so loud and proud, you hear it, it's Christmas time, and we got the spirit. I love, I love it that so kind much. of Christmas music. That's probably my favorite Christmas song of all it time. Could. Yeah. Very all much. right, so we are back. We are talking about we dogma. And we, we we need to at least explain the what happens in the movie. I assume a lot of you have probably seen it. Uh, maybe not all of you. I know my dad's seen it. I know Zach has seen it. I'm sure if Kent's listening, I know he's seen it. He owns it, he said. A lot of people oh, yeah. have seen I'm sure. I'm sure Travis has seen it. This seems like it's up Travis's alley. And Kevin Smith is also one of those directors that if you are just slightly interested in the extra little bit of movies out there kevin smith will be one of the first directors you hit now you can it was get, for me you can get deeper and go into like you know other directors that are on the fringe of directing non-mainstream movies but on your way to that fringe kevin smith is an early hit for me Mallrats was the the introduction and it was from nicholas ah, and that, i remember there's one there time go. that it was on tv there for whatever reason there for a brief moment in high school, there was a TV, or maybe it was always there, but it was like closed and locked. Okay. And like the at? back of the, in the very back of it, like, so if you're actually looking at the, like, 
where you go through the lines and stuff. In the cafeteria? In the cafeteria. Okay. It was like all the way to the right, right. By I the, believe. By the... Uh, like windows or by something? The, by the vending machine area and by the cooler that held the extra milk and jungle juice that if you knew how to open it without the lock, you could get yourself a blue jungle juice for free anytime you wanted. I would have done chocolate milk. I probably stole you a chocolate milk. Just, I don't know if you did that. I, I remember asking people, you want something? And they'd be like, what do you mean? I'd be like, you want a milk or a jungle juice? They'd be like, sure, I'll take a blah, blah, blah. And I would just go over there and be like, no. there you go. <laughs> See, that doesn't sound like me. I would have been like, no, that's the wrong no, you thing can't to do. do. That. <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, that's that's wrong. I, I don't want anything. I'm going to go buy an, or- an apple juice and some pretzels. <laughs> that was my breakfast all the time. They eventually put an extra lock on there and you couldn't get in, but... I think I remember people doing that now, but I I did not partake because I never trusted that that someone wasn't watching gonna be there the second I oh, took it. And and nowadays, nowadays there would be a camera there. When mm-hmm. I was in high school, there wasn't one. We didn't even have a liaison officer. No, there was not a police officer in our school at all. And now they have. They had to get offices. called to come out there like like it's supposed to be. It was also a big deal to have like. Uh, drug dogs come through. I think stuff like Huge that is just deal. more common now. Huge deal. That they just do like Man, maintenance just thing. randoms? I feel like it did for a while. Wow. But Scary. I think that they had reason How to be to bring concerned. drugs to school? I don't know, man. <laughs> I used to get sold weed inside of mechanical pencils. The guy I was buying it off of would take the insides It'd be like a out. joint worth. <laughs> yeah, and he'd roll it up into little plastic and shove it in mechanical pencils and put the eraser back on. That's smart. And he'd come into school and sell me three mechanical pencils. <laughs> That's amazing. By the way, that dude's name has come up in this podcast already. If you're sleuths, you can figure it out. <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, Mallrats, someone put Mallrats on on the TV because the TV was accessible, but it was only, it was on like TBS, not TBS, but you know, one of those just cable channels where it's still going to be edited. Mm -hmm. And I guess there are people like reacting to it. And there was a, I don't remember what teacher was on duty, on lunch duty. It may have been Mr. C. Wright. Okay. It was some, it was a man who had, no humor and <laughs> I, I mean like the kids say no chill <laughs> and walked right over there and turned it off Aww. and it was very sad what a pussy we watched evil dead unedited in art class and preston walked in didn't have a fucking problem she walked in right when a dismemberment was happening and body parts were being chopped in that would not fly these days <laughs> absolutely not we got in right before all that stuff oh, changed. We got out just in or, time. Yeah, why, we out. got out just in time. Truly just in time like, before all that just, stuff started. They were cracking just down. starting to have to like watch over you at all times. Like mm-hmm. our our class was getting the cops were being called, but it was under suspicions. It, and it was also before school shootings really took off. So yeah. there were was are just more precautions now. Yeah, yeah. So I mean we were in middle school when Columbine happened. Yeah, but it was like the, our last middle school year, yeah, so it so was. They were not implementing stuff yet. It wasn't like no, it wasn't normal. Was, <laughs> and now it's completely normal. Jeez, we did have code bad. red drills, way, though. Do you remember code red drills? Yeah, oh yeah. And that um, was an intrude. If someone was coming in and doing shooting, uh, I remember one of them. They would get on the intercom and go, "Mr. Smith, please come to the office." And that was code that everyone was supposed to know. Like that meant code red. 
So, like, if somebody, an intruder had come in and they were like, I don't know, that was just the code. But uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. It doesn't matter. Sorry. So, yeah, Kevin Smith, I feel like he is popular enough to be on most people's radar. I mm-hmm. think everyone has probably seen a Kevin Smith movie. Who would listen to this podcast, at least? Yeah. Um, I would think so. But like my sister, my dad, we we were into Kevin Smith movies, or at least the handful of movies at the time. So especially this one. This movie got watched a lot in our household, and I've always loved it very much. So your dad likes this movie? To my knowledge, he does. Nice. So he's not going to Maybe skip he this doesn't, one. but um, <laughs> I could be remembering that wrong. Maybe this is one he skipped over, but I feel like he did like this one. Um <clears throat> So, essentially, we don't, again, when uh, the voice of God, when the Metatron, the Metatron, sir. The Metatron. Alan Rickman, the, the voice of the, the one voice true of the one God. true God. 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 I am the Metatron. You're the better The voice than of I... the one true God. You're better than I am. In most ways. <laughs> I was going to make the joke, but I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. No, in most ways. Not in cleanliness ways. That's for Fuck fucking no, sure. No, not in sensitivity either. <laughs> no, or saying thank you for helping me. That doesn't happen very much either. And then I'll even bring up that you didn't say thank you. And then you'll just be like, yeah, I'm sorry for whatever. But you don't you don't say thanks. But that's fine. You don't have to do fake gratitude. I'd rather you just not thank me. If you're not thankful, Sam. Hey, thanks for taking the garbage out this morning. Don't thank me. <laughs> Don't thank me. I did already. I do not accept. Okay. <laughs> so the way that it's explained is not the way that things happen in life, which is very, I don't know, one of the most factual fucking things. Uh, the way that you are kind of told a story of how things are going to happen and you like prepare for, for life and w- what is ahead of you. Nothing happens in the way that she thinks. She is told that there are these two prophets that will help her. Oh, okay, I get what you're and saying. it ends up being Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, horrible prophets. Like, and it's just because he says something about making, selling, what was it? Was it selling drugs? Yeah, or like, we can go back to New Jersey and make a profit. And yeah. then ding, ding. Profits. Profit. Two of them. Prophets, two of them. <laughs> oh, that was that was a little Michael Caine. That was a little Michael Caine. <laughs> Ooh, the difference. Dogma, dogma. No Michael Caine. I have no genitalia, Harry Potter. <laughs> Hello, I'm the Metatron. I'm Slytherin. I'm the Metatron. I'm. I like magic. <laughs> Potter. Yeah, I'm trying to do. Uh, I forgot his name. Michael Slytherin. Caine as. Oh. Uh, his name's not Slytherin. Slytherin. His name isn't Slytherin. He's Slytherin Snake. <laughs> That's his name. He's a Slytherin Snake. His name is Snape. No, he's a Slytherin he's Snake. He's a member of the Slytherin House. He's a Slytherin Snake. He's a Slytherin Snake. He's a Snake. <laughs> Alan Rickman's a Snake. Well, how do we get on this? Oh, the prophets. Yeah, they are the prophets. And when they agree to like... Take like go along with uh, take her to New Jersey because they know how to go. And yeah, she's go just to like Jersey. you guys want to go along, and they're just like, okay, yeah. You hate this joke that is in this thing. Well, because because well, first of all, because you're meeting them, and Silent Bob is just oh, that he's silent. Um, <laughs> but uh, I forgot I wrote this when they're in the diner and they're talking about all the stuff. Oh yeah, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> well, but right, I thought it was. This well, is when this they is still just when they're outside. Oh, okay. But Jason Mewes is just so obnoxious, 
and just talks so much and is uh i don't even know how you would classify just a him. motor mouth just a motor mouth a stoner, stoner who's super horny constantly proposition like right now he would not be like pc well, and he He'd says, like, she said no. And well, because he tries, he's like, will you fuck us? Yeah. And right at the very beginning. And it's, it's the whole thing. If the world is ending and there are only five minutes to live, you know, would you fuck us? And that's pretty much how she get agree. Eventually gets them to agree. Cause she's just like, fine, yeah. whatever. Cause it's not likely that that would ever happen. <laughs> that line is like, I knew she was a slut. Bung. <laughs> but the line that really makes me laugh when they're in the diner, I wrote it down is, uh, is it true that chicks fart when you blast them in the ass? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It sucks to know that he was all fucked up on heroin. Yeah, I wonder how... I don't think that much was actually improv from what I read. That there I is, didn't expect it to be. That there is a line that um, Chris Rock does as the 13th apostle in the very and beginning. The, and that's improv? No, it's... Oh. Uh, when he says something about Jesus, and he and then Jay is like, "What well, you know him?" And he's like, "Yeah, shit." Inward owes me f- uh, yeah. what, however many twelve bucks. Yeah, that was an improv line because ah. it was supposed to be something like, "Yeah, I saw his, I saw him naked or something like." It wasn't a good line. It didn't make sense. Hmm. So the improv was actually way better. Good seems more natural that way. So she gets them to go with her, and then she also knows that. I don't know. I don't I don't remember how if she even knows that this stuff's going to happen. But yeah, there is a part that I don't like because she lets Jay drive her car as they're driving to New Jersey to the church to stop she's the angels. Pay them to do this. They're like couriers basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I thought it was hilarious. They're driving in the fucking cars going Wee! And they're like jamming to music. She pops up from the back seat and asks, "What gear are you in?" and he just goes gear and as a dude who works on cars even though i fucking hate him i fuck i genuinely laughed out loud it's so cheesy and it's not because i fucking hate cars it's just that i i don't i've always thought that was so cheesy and that was true that was such a slapstick like that was like a family joke yeah kind (laughs) of that was like a leave it that would be funny on leave it to beaver and it, yeah. and it seemed completely That'd be the best line on Leave It to Be. It seemed completely out of place in the movie that I've That's, never liked. Okay, it. that scene becomes Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That comedy is more mm. than what Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is. More like goof, not goofy, but just like snoochy boochies, snoogans. Okay. okay, I'm over that shit. There was a point in time where I was like, oh, Jay, that's fun. But now as a 36-year-old dude, Snoochie Boochies and Snoogans and all that shit gets on my fucking nerves. Yeah, it was fine for the time, though. He had his he had his moment, you know and it else? worked for him. Good for him. You know what else gets on my nerves nowadays, and everybody still fucking does it, is the... Lives. <laughs> is that thing in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back when he's like... Does that song? I can't even think of how it starts. Um, oh, man. Who's got the fatties? Oh, yeah. yeah. I used to love that. And then other people started doing it. And I was like, no, I don't like it anymore. I thought you were talking about the, I'm a noble rabbit. No. <laughs> I can't remember. 
Hey there, Mr. Science Guy. Don't stick that needle in my eye. I don't really want to die. I'm a noble rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. I've also seen that. I've probably seen that movie. I don't know. Because I owned that one as well. I think I still do own it. It's a double disc. Yeah, I used to watch the hell out of that movie. Me too. But it's got Um, those like shitty monkey parts in it. Like if we watched it now, we would be like, "Oof!" There's some. I feel like it hasn't been that terribly long since we watched it. Am I wrong? Because Will Ferrell's in it. Three months ago was a long time. (laughs) I don't know. It's a part where he's gonna suck a dick at one point. Oh, by the way, there's like uh, your gay humor in this, which is sits weird now. (laughs) There are so many things that yeah. If the punchline is just because you're gay, yeah, it's like, oh, that's not actually that funny at all. Like. I get yeah. what the setup and everything is. Well, at the time it was taboo, so it yeah. was just, and it was such like a manly thing, like don't call me gay. <laughs> so it, it was supposed to. It was more like, and it was an emasculating thing to call someone gay. Whereas now it's just like weird when you hear those jokes. But it was so big yeah. back in the, the day. The joke could still work if the Kevin Smith look didn't look like after he finds out that Jay jerks off more than anyone else in the world and when, when he does it he's thinking of guys mm-hmm. and jay or bob's face is like disapproving you know if it was like if they could somehow make it like it wasn't a problem because then jason muse does say like not all the time like it's like it's not a problem but then silent bob is still giving him the look like, is, it's not okay isn't it nice that the only nudity that we get in this movie is chris rock's bare ass <laughs> You do get Selma Hayek shaking her shit for a while, though. Yeah, but she's in underwear. She is in underwear, but as a dude who has a penis, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I get it that she has jiggly tits, and I get it, but she's very provocative. But you actually get, and you see, like, a shot. Chris Rock from, has a nice ass, You too. have a shot from Chris Rock's feet looking <laughs> yeah, at his ass. If he would have spread his legs, you would have seen his balls dangling. <laughs> That's very interesting. But I, as a heterosexual man... I thought he had a nice ass. I don't really. Re- I mean, I, I don't remember it being particularly nice because As a dude who doesn't because have Chris one. Rock, especially when he stands up, he does not have a body of a oh, man he's yet. Skin and bones. He is so scrawny. It's yeah. wild how skinny he is. He's very funny in this movie too. Mm-hmm. He's got. He feels natural in this movie. You laid hire back. Chris Rock to be Chris Rock. Cause I'm a black man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, add it to the roster of people you could do. I will never be able to do that again. Man. And I remember when like uh, No Sex in the Champagne Room came out. I hated it when it came out. I thought it was so dumb. Really? But now I love it. Oh, that song was hilarious. And then I got my mom to buy me Bigger and Blacker solely for that song. <laughs> <laughs> I got it for my birthday. I remember getting it at Classic Pizza after we went to the roller skating rink. And then my mom handed me a CD and it was Chris Rock, Bigger and Blacker. I always loved Chris Rock's stand-up specials. I was always a big fan. Yeah. And Bigger and Blacker was amazing. Oh, and yeah. I've seen that so many times. I haven't seen times. it in a long time. Me neither. But I, I saw it a lot back in the day. No. Sex in the champagne room. Cause I'm a black man. <laughs> See, it's, it's getting worse, but still. yeah, but you got the cadence going. You got the cadence going. Cornbread ain't, ain't nothing, nothing wrong, wrong with, with that. that. <laughs> That's for fucking sure. I love cornbread. You actually don't. Poor you. So they they just keep meeting up. So like Chris Rock joins them, and uh, they find out that um or. 
Azriel, Jason Lee's character, finds out that yeah. they have the last Scion looking for these angels, and it's a big deal. Everyone knows what's going on. Oh, when anybody hears the name Last Scion, it's like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, like, like it's like an extremely powerful position, even though she has no idea, much like Christ went a chunk of his life without knowing who he was. Yeah. And that is referenced at one point also. Oh, I like that part. Can we just talk about that right now while we're talking about it? Yeah, we can. It's because she's she's kind of told that that happened, and she freaks out. Yeah, as she's I just said, like, I don't want this responsibility. Yeah, as I said earlier, th- it wasn't chronological that you found out that she was the last sign, or you knew she's last sign, but I didn't even know what it meant when I first saw it until you find out she is the last descendant of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this section because it is basically a retelling, real quick, of Christ finding out. Or Christ dealing with, like I put it into Jesus Christ Superstar terms. There's that scene where he's walking into the mountains and he's like, why? And he's asking like, why me? What the fuck? Why am I the guy to do this? Mm -hmm. It was the same in there. She runs into the like woods. She falls into water. A little different though. She says, why? I fucking fucking hate hate you. you. (laughs) But, but it, yeah, but it's still like, she's wearing a white shirt. So it's like the white robe of Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then when uh, Metatron, the Metatron, he's walking on water. That part was good. Which, you know, there's just plexiglass under there, but it had to have been very slippery <laughs> unless they put black or put some sort of grip and, tape on there. And it's just explained like you are just a descendant. How do you think Jesus actually felt? And that there is a fu- I've never I don't know if that's taught in religion because I was not brought up with this stuff. So I don't know exactly what's taught in the church. I don't feel like the emotions are handled like that i don't feel like it was was, ever expressed to me from the outside it always i always viewed it as they're just trying to scare the shit out of you that's how i always viewed it it's kind of a way to but make you fear not being saved but to actually talk about how it would feel to be a young boy and to be told and guaranteed because there is an angel in front of you doing angel shit so you're either confirmed that you are the child of god and all this stuff you're going to be sacrificed by the very people that you came here to save. Uh, so you got to either accept that and they didn't even put this angle or you accept you're fucking crazy and you're just imagining all this shit. But if you've accepted that that's the official weight of your life, that would be horrifying. I don't feel that, that there would have been that many options because when in the movie, when the Metatron showed Bethany his wings to prove to her that he was real, she was too cynical to believe it until yeah. he actually like took her elsewhere transported her yeah Yeah. i think if you know if that were christ he would only need to see the wings to be convinced i think it would have taken we need to see a fiery thing appear in front of him yeah everything was scary back in the day fuck it'd be terrifying now if all of a sudden alan rickman well no (laughs) i get especially since he's dead it'd be very weird (laughs) well he would be an angel you were actually an angel he would be an angel (laughs) Um, My angel wings were real in that movie. Sorry, that was the best. That was that, the worst one yet. That really turned into a um, lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> What's that guy's name? I can't think of it. Oh, fuck. We'll move on. It might pop into my head as we go. I'm Robin Leach. I'm Robin Leach. That's right. I'm a life, Robin Leach. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Right, here's a bathtub that's bigger than your whole fucking house. Feel bad. <laughs> Feel bad. 
Okay, I don't even remember what I was saying, but uh, we were talking about her finding out that she was. Yeah, I remember that, but I feel like there was something I was going to say, but I don't think it was super important. Well, nothing I'm saying is important, (laughs) so that's fine. I have no confidence, and uh, that means that you all are can at least listen to this and feel better about yourself. Absolutely, because you can be like, at least I'm not that bitch. So, so they now. They, um, so like I said, Azriel is aware that the last Scion is looking for, looking to stop Bartleby and Loki, who he sent this yeah. on this mission. So he summons the Golgotham. So when they go to a strip club or Gold like Gotham, a, like Gotham, I, Gotham City, or is it Golgothin? I don't know. I guess I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe it's Golgothin. All right. If it's Gotham, I think it's better because it's like Batman. I guess I always thought it was. Oh my god! <laughs> is on. this a is this a Billy and Forcey situation? <laughs> the Golgothan shit team. There's no way it can be that. It's Golgothan, yeah, with an uh, N. Okay. I didn't want to call you out on it. Also known as the excremental, the shit demon, I and love the poop demon. Being called the excremental. That's the best name <laughs> out of all of those. But I've got to say, as a fan of poop as I am, I don't like the Golgothan. I agree. It's it, the well. It's also late '90s CGI, so it doesn't look that great. Yeah, when it's born, yeah, it's really bad CGI. And let's be real. Um, like poop jokes are funny and farts are funny, but an entire demon, and not just even that, but the scene with like the poop overflowing out of the toilet after it's that guy took a shit. Dis, and he doesn't wash his hands. So nope. fuck that guy. Yeah, right. Um. But yeah, it's nasty. So anyway, but they do go to this club, and they, that's how they meet Serendipity, played by Salma Hayek, who is, she's a stripper, because she was a muse. So she's still being a muse in a certain way? She is, but she wanted to try and find her own passion instead of being someone who inspired other people. Um, so she was stripping. But she's, it's almost like God has these funny little curses in this movie, like, yeah, you're a muse, but you can't think of shit for yourself. You're just a tool. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely a thing. Candy go. Oh, and this is the oh, first time I ever oh. noticed. I think this is the first time I wasn't like so probably actively touching my penis at that point. Uh, has that always been a, a, a part for you I that you know. enjoyed? I'm just, I'm just being goofy. Well, no, but did, did you always like no. her in that movie? I don't think I ever really thought about her like that. She, it's definitely very provocative. And I'm she's sure a very, she's a voluptuous and beautiful woman for sure. I'm sure it gave me a boner at the time, but it's not one of the scenes that stuck in my head. It's just, it kind. Of, it's another thing that kind of feels out of place in a movie like that, that. Oh, I wrote, did Kevin Smith just want to see Selma dancing? Like, there's no reason for it to happen. Just that, like, she's a stripper. Yeah, but I got to say, this is the first time that I was looking at the walls in the background, <laughs> and I noticed this poster that's like a bluish, it's like velvet. black and white, or not black and white. It's bluish, but the what do they call it? Uh, the black light that happens is it called a black Silhouette. light? I don't know, but no, maybe the, a, I would think it'd be the UV light. It's like one of those UV light posters. I thought it'd be a black light poster. Black light poster that that works too. They're both the same thing. You know, it like glows weird, but it's like bluish and it's like velvety. Of two black people embracing in the act of lovemaking. In the new. Yeah, and I was, that's what I watched the whole time. I'd be like, ah, there's that poster again. There's that poster. Good time. But yeah, I did not like the Golgothan shit demon. 
Because like that's what comes out of this yeah, section. Yeah, it, it comes out, and then all these, the, there are the there's this like gang of bloods that uh, Jay and Silent Bob get associated with because they're all just hanging part out. Of the crew. Yeah, and then this, you know, the shit demon. This what is it? Excremental. Yeah, the excremental. Uh, came out, and all of these the gang just you know went and smoked that motherfucker. And uh, as was said in the movie, and they all went to try and shoot at the shit demon. But of course, because it's a demon and it's made of shit. What's what are you going to kill? It's just shit. So they were all, uh, I guess, deceased and covered in poop. Uh, and the way that uh, Silent Bob decided to be a hero and fight him was just to use a aerosol spray can Air freshener of uh yeah like a deodorizer like be gone or something like that something like that it was a straight up looney tunes it joke. was dumb and then and then they're like well why do you carry that and then, and then jay, jay he bends over and farts and then he sprays it yeah it was just it like, was really dumb it was like to spend all that money on this because when it's not cg and it's just a shit demon like costume looks good with just like wet shit yeah, like he looks falling he looks great as a sh- i mean for a shit demon he looks great yeah i agree to spend all that money to make this thing and to spend the only cg part in the movie as far as i could tell uh no that's not true no Later with wing stuff oh and when uh, Azrael's horns, horns come, come out. out yeah this is all like early cg so but it does not look that most good. of it is light cg until yeah. the golgotham and the end so to not have like a better way golgotham. to to bet I'm saying it wrong every time. To not have a better way to take out the demon than that. And actually, as I'm talking about it, I'm wondering if Kevin Smith, being the movie fanatic that he is, is actually doing an homage or homage to uh, Indiana Jones. Because there's that Indiana Jones scene where the dude's doing all that sword work and he's like going to pretty much kill Indiana Jones. You think it's going to be a big fight scene? And then he just, and then he just pulls takes out, out a gun, gun and shoots him? Because he was sick that day. Yeah. He I, got food poisoning. I wonder if it's just, like, you think there's going to be a big battle, and then he just shoots him, and it's done. Maybe. I I just now put that together. Now, if that's the analogy, I'm better with it. Because, honestly, the quicker we get this fucking sheet, shit demon out of here. Sheet demon? The better for me. And at this point point we don't have anyone else to meet up with this is the gang this is the gang they're we've just got to all meet each other eventually <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they all head on a well salma hayek serendipity isn't with them but then she shows up she at the shows end up later because she figured out what was going on she just wanted to be there for the action but yeah they all get on like a bus or a train no, don't they take they? a train, train. Yeah, yeah. and then they that is when uh, Jay and Silent Bob, who are very sociable people and can make friends with Bloods and anyone, really. Because uh, get- Jay doesn't shut his fucking mouth. They get to- <laughs> Until he's on the nod. They-, oh, <laughs> they get to talking with these guys on a train, and then you find out that those guys are Bartleby and Loki. We got the meet up, baby. And they are pretending to smoke weed pretending i thought they were smoking no weed. i think well no when they're smoking weed though they hand it to matt damon oh matt character, damon doesn't Logan, hit it he just... and he like puts it under the table and then he does that yeah because he's like <laughs> trying to be what jay did whatever jay did but it is funny because there is this ongoing thing that jay wants uh bethany to fuck <laughs> yeah, 
I wrote this um, down too. And then yeah, so as soon as <laughs> as soon as we meet them and see as the the camera pans and you see them, Matt or Loki, Matt Damon's character is like, so Jay says you're gonna fuck him. <laughs> it says. Hi, so Jay tells us you're going to sleep with him? Oh, that's <laughs> it's the first thing. It's so funny. And what a what a serendipity that they even met up. Serendipitous? Serendipitous isn't even there. Serendipity's not there. You said there. that backwards. Sorry. That's fine. You had, the, you had the feeling. I was trying to go for it. So eventually they do get to this Catholicism while celebration... This new unveiling. Oh, well, they figure out who's who on this train. It's a big... They finally figure out the interaction because Chris Rock was sleeping and he comes in and he sees... That's right. Uh, Bartleby and it's like, fuck, it's you. Well, and then they figure out this girl's the last sign. First of all, he's on the train sleeping and he's using his shoe as his pillow. pillow <laughs> and he wakes up and says, poopy trip. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's just like, huh, poopy trip. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> So there is a little bit of a... I love when he's sleeping on the shoe and he moves and it he and he like it. pets it on the sole. <laughs> it's so weird the way he does it, it's but it's performed. Chris Rock magic. It's perfect. I, I forget how much I like Chris Rock until I watch Chris I've Rock I've always liked Chris yeah. Rock, so I agree. I, I liked him. Just pump it back on SNL. Pump the Just bird. pump it. Get a Nike turkey and pump it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I've always liked him. I like to stand up. I've always liked his characters and movies. I watched Fargo season four for Chris Rock because oh, I wanted to man, see him be serious. Right. He was that like crime boss or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I only watched the one episode, but. I've been a Chris Rock. I'm not like an outward Chris Rock fan, but you know, I've been a Chris Rock fan forever. You know what? The before this, what the last Chris Rock thing we watched was him get slapped. No, oh, okay, <laughs> not the world, but uh, <laughs> okay. no, that Saul movie, Spirals or whatever it was. Oh, we did see Spiral. And that movie fucking sucked. It sucked, which is <laughs> sad because I like him and I like that Max guy, who was the he was the other detective who ended up being. The bad guy the bad in guy? the end. Oh, the detective was the bad guy. Yeah, they've already done that in Saul. Oh. We've we've already done that before. <laughs> uh, but he was he's in Handmaid's Tale, so I like okay. him a lot. Um, but yeah, good cast. Not a good movie. Those Saul movies haven't been good in a while, but that felt like it might be better, and you, it wasn't. You might be able to go back and watch all of them and go, oh, it turns out none of them were good. I assume Although, the first one's still solid. The first one's probably... Mm, yeah, the acting's really bad in that movie. Uh, I guess I think it's it's a good idea. Yeah, it's I a think fantastic. The, idea. the first one is a really good idea because it it's blew also minds when it came out. It do, it hasn't gotten to all the gruesome, weird contraptions that they just kind of did oh, with. Yeah. Uh, what is that like? Murder porn is what that uh, those torture movies, porn. Yeah, torture porn is what those movies just turned yeah, into. Absolutely, eventually. and I would also probably say that Saul Two, I think, was good because that scene it's been where so long that I don't remember what's her nuts gets thrown into the. Pit of needles and syringes. Oh, that was like, I remember watching it in theater, being like, "Jesus Christ!" Is that the <laughs> one that has? Uh, isn't there one that has like Darius McCrary in it? Who's Darius McCrary? Am I wrong? Um, he was on. He was Eddie on uh, Family Matters. Wasn't he on one of those? His name's Darius McCrary. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't him. It was the dude that was on Cosby Show. Malcolm Jamal Warner? Yeah, Malcolm Jamal Warner is Was one it? of them. Yeah, he gets his head blown off with a shotgun. On like some sort of a wheel thing. Are you sure that that's Malcolm Jamal I'm Warner? I'm almost positive. We're going to just 
to settle this dispute right now. Okay, let's see. He's um, kind of with Malcolm Jamal Saw. <laughs> Saw two. He wasn't in Saw two. It's not in Saw two. You can look up the other guy if he was in Saw two. Look up Malcolm. But I don't think a member of the uh, Winslow family and the Cosby family was a. Or sorry, the Huxtables. I don't think it was Malcolm Jamal Warner. I'm pretty sure it was Darius McCrary. I'm looking it up. I'm looking looking, it up. Go ahead. Go ahead. My nose itches. All I know is that those movies... That was a... I saw like Saw 4 in theater. Darius McCrary, baby. damn it. Which one? Darius McCrary, motherfucker. Saw V.I. Is that six? Six? Jesus Christ! Well, look up. Look up if Jamal Werner was in there too. I don't believe that. I think he's too old for it. We're both right. Too old for it. It Kill anybody of any age in that movie. Yeah, but I feel like he's too old to be doing movies like that. He was the same age as Eddie. (laughs) No, I don't feel like he would do that. He was not in a Saw movie. God damn it! I'm the racist. (laughs) No, you're just wrong. He was. He was on Dexter. Michael no. Jamal Warner was. I don't remember that. I'm sure he probably got killed or something. Anyway, so they essentially, uh, Silent Bob throws him off the train. That's the first time in the movie that he talks because you rarely hear Silent Bob talk. Mm-hmm. And then people look at him like, why did you just throw him off the train? And he says, no ticket. <laughs> Which, I, I mean, he could have been doing an impersonation of the ticket guy from oh. Frosty. No money, <laughs> no ticket. <laughs> Frosty the snowman. I don't know I don't know the words. Oh, really? That's the very first one. Shiny nose? No, that's uh, Rudolph. <laughs> All right, that's fine. All right, so I keep looking at my phone as if there's something there, and there's absolutely nothing there. So I don't know why. I'm just We're just trying to make it to screen. the end of this fucking well, movie. Well, we are, because they make it to the church. They try to convince the priest to stop the ceremony. Be- they explain what's going to happen. He's like, I'm not doing it just because two guys think that they're angels. Because yeah. that's, I mean, she yeah, has they, to. They try to make it seem like it's just two psychos. Yeah. Um, and they, I guess, uh, it was jay because he said that he wouldn't do it that jay like steals his putter because we see him like playing a little putt game in his uh church office i don't know who you'd call that he's hitting hitting some balls with his putter now i will say this he does not steal a putter who does he steals his driver okay (laughs) those are two completely different clubs machine obviously stupid i just wasn't <laughs> thinking about it because he's putting in his office so i assume it would have something to do with putting but you're right <laughs> so they are caught by asriel and his goons his goons oh his rollerblading his fruit booting demons yes and that is part of the scene that i played earlier where he's explaining uh, that he was the one who sent the information. He said, I'm going to keep you here and let this happen. I'm not going to let you stop the angels from undoing everything because fuck the world. I want it to all end. Oh, yeah, because his story is he got, he was an angel. Yes. And then he got sent to hell. He was also a muse. Yeah. And then he, cause then there was like a battle between heaven and hell and he refused to fight. 
and he just sat on the sidelines. And he didn't pick a side until the winner, right? Yeah, basically. He was like, hey, God, I'm still good with you. And God was like, get the fuck out of here. You're going to hell. And then so he's been in hell forever. Now he would rather get out of hell and make nothing exist and just be nothing than spend more time in hell. Which honestly, if you're because he says like we listened to that scene. He says millions of years. Well, after the first million years, uh-huh. it's like, yeah, I think eventually you'd be like, I got to get the fuck out of this place. I don't give a fuck about any of these humans. I don't give a shit about any of this. Why I would st- you? I want to stop being in hell. It's hell. Why would you if you're a demon? <laughs> yeah. Oh, why would? I think demons are still not having a good time. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, why would he care about the people oh, if he's oh, a demon? I thought you meant why would he care about being in hell if he's no. a demon? Because like sometimes demons are portrayed as just like I just work here, stab, stab, stab. So <laughs> because that driver exists, the, the whole- serendipity, the uh, she can she tries to with her eyes tell Silent Bob, hey, get that and hit him with it. But uh, Asriel sees what's happening and he confronts them and he he's just like here do it i'm a demon and like and we get to see some jason lee chest some super hairy chest he does have a very hairy chest and he opens his shirt you could run your fingers through the hair on his chest definitely could i meant you specifically no i couldn't and uh (laughs) silent bob hits him with the driver and show enough it actually kills him because it was blessed by the cardinal. Yeah, I really like that scene because when he hits his chest, it's a really good like cave in effect. I agree. I think it, it, you feel it. You're like cool, and it looked like CGI. It does, but there's but such, it, so much black. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I assume that it's CGI, but it looks good for being CGI. Yeah, I think it's because it's like it's doing something you've never seen. It's not trying to like replicate anything. It's like. Just a vacant black, like, void goo mess in his chest now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're seeing the inside of a demon. You've never seen the fucking inside of a demon. And then they get, uh, she just tells, Serendipity just tells Bethany to bless the sinks at this bar that they're at. Um, like, the dishwashing sinks, which she does this little finger motion, and they're able to uh, drown the three fruit booter Fruit booter. Uh, hockey fruit stick demons. holding demons who put John Doe Jersey in the hospital. Which one of them I could do an impression of if I wanted to. If I just shaved and I put some like black under my eyes and put a jean jacket on and got some fruit boots. I could do a killer impression of one of those fucking fruit booting demons. Just a little bit of concealer under the eyes would have made such a big difference for those <laughs> demons. They would have fit right in. No one would have even known. Okay, so they make it to the church, like we said. Everything's going to go as planned, um, which I don't understand really what happens because they they talk to the Cardinal and then leave, and then Bartleby and Loki show up, and they destroy everything before they come back because I know that they kind of... You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't remember... Well, they leave the Cardinal's office to go figure out a plan in this bar. And then they get stuck at the bar from Osriel. Okay, that's so when that while happens. that's all going on, that's when Bartleby and Loki Bartleby actually get Loki there. Yeah, at the the ceremony, which Bartleby has lost his fucking mind. Now Loki's like, "You're sounding like the devil, man. Which, You're talking like the devil did right before he fucking fought God." And they weren't allowed to drink because that was take, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, it was taken away, uh, and they are drunk. 
when we see them. No. Matt Damon is drunk. Are you? Are you? I thought that they were both drinking. No. Bartleby cannot drink because he is still an angel. In this whole scenario, for them to pass through the gates and get through all this stuff, they first have, have to become to human. Become human, which means they've got to cut off their wings. Once mm-hmm. they cut off their wings, they're no longer angels anymore. Then they could walk through the gates and then come back out and basically be killed by uh, police because they've murdered, or Bartleby has murdered a lot they of people. They murder everyone at the celebration. They murder... Not even they! Loki's not doing any of this oh, shit. Oh, that's true. It's Loki's already cut off his wings, and he's fucking drunk, and he's like, Bartleby's lost his shit, man. That's true. It is all <laughs> Bartleby. Uh, killed the Cardinal. Killed a lot Killing of people. everybody. He's literally just flying people up into the air and dropping them. Yeah, just dead <laughs> corpses splattered Be- everywhere. Which makes sense, because they're getting ready to... If he, he can do all this shit, and then walk through those gates, and all sin is forgiven. So it doesn't matter what he fucking does right now. He could... Rape a baby if you wanted to. Well, one thing that he does because... uh, No, he couldn't. He doesn't have genitals. Sorry. One thing that he does because Loki changes his mind and he's like, I don't... I think you've taken this too far. Uh, And he fucking kills Loki before Loki is able to pass through the gates. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and be forgiven. I wonder if... I don't think Loki was going to walk through the gates anyway. Really? He's not in board. By the end of it, he's like, they told there's going to be consequences. Oh, yeah. I don't want to fight God. I want to be with God. Oh, that's right. Because there was a change that happened before that moment that they had an altercation in like a yeah, parking Loki garage. Yeah, and Bartleby got into it. And Bartleby's basically like, you're going to fucking do this or I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which they can't really kill each other unless one cuts off the wings. Matt Damon's wings are cut off. And then Bartleby stabs him. Quite Christ-like underneath like the same spot where, where he was stabbed with that long stabby pole which i don't know what that's called stabby pole. i know an awful lot about the crucifixion of jesus for some reason oh i know why why and you also <laughs> like the passion of the christ oh i don't know if i liked it i you, watched it twice you liked the brutality i thought you Suck. owned it i i owned it because my brother didn't want it anymore it's a weird movie to want to own it's yeah. so brutal it's gruesome and brutal. Two fantastic memories seeing that movie, though. But so we do get to uh, so he he kills Loki. Um, Bethany in this process figures out that John Doe Jersey, the person who was beat up on the boardwalk, is just like very close in a hospital, and has figured out that this is most likely God. Yes. So to release God. Uh, pulls the plug to kill. <laughs> Which is funny. It's like pulls almost a feeding tube. It's very mm-hmm. like uh, left and right divisiveness. You know, like you can't pull the tube. You're not God. That kind of stuff. Literally pulls the tube so that God can be God. <laughs> but then she has to be sacrificed in the process. So as soon as she unplugs it, she gets like shot in the side. With something and is like bleeding out and dies. She gets shot. She's just uh, divinely bleeding. Well, yeah. I mean, there was like a zap that, like, there was not that. It seemed like as soon as that happened and everything happened, that there was just a whole thing that the godlight flows out of blood, blood court. Yeah, that there just had to be because it said that that was part of it. That there had to be a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but that was never explained to her that she was going to have to die. But then. Silent Bob carries her back. The god is now free. 
God shows up right when Bartleby is getting ready to, he opens the church doors to walk through because, yeah, because he, uh, <laughs> uh, Jay shoots his uh, wings off. Thinking Jay is that, so fucking stupid. They told him like four fucking times, do not shoot this fucking guy. Yeah, but he was nodding off the whole time. Do not. <laughs> he remembered nothing. That scene though is funny when uh, before she figures out that uh, God is in that hospital, and it's like five minutes before they're gonna oh, die, yeah. and they're like hiding out. And Jay, she's trying to talk. Like, what are we gonna do? And Jay's like, I don't know. <laughs> like the whole time he's just taking his pants off, and then he's pulling out a rubber and he's yeah. gonna put it on. <laughs> it's time to fuck. You said if five minutes left to live, you'd fuck me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and that's when she runs off and unplugs John Doe Jersey off life this support. This movie, now all my J parts are kind of tarnished because now I'm like, but how can I let that tarnish? I'm sure a lot of my favorite things in the fucking world were being done while someone was on the nod. He's, n- <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I don't feel bad about it. I, Because he's known to have had a bad drug problem yeah. at the time and he's clean and has been for a while because of Kevin. Kevin has... Really pulled Jay through along in his life and Didn't given Kevin him Smith jobs. A good guy. And, uh, yeah, and now, and Jay has new teeth, which is gross. Which makes his face not look like Jay anymore. No, he looks like an old trailer person. Yeah, doesn't he? That's weird how that happens when you get. Because it changes fake the shape teeth. of your face. Yeah. So I always thought that with my aunt when she got fake, fake teeth, it totally changed how she looked. Anyway. You should get a mold of your teeth now. So in case you ever need to do that, they can just recreate the same teeth, and it might look as close as possible. I don't know that you want that. Anyway. I do. I'm doing it tomorrow. When he opens the door. I'm doing it I tomorrow. I am trying to fucking end this. I know this. You are, but I'm trying to talk about my teeth. <laughs> no one wants to talk about your teeth. Because if anyone says anything, you'll get offended and act like it's an actual dig. Instead of just a joke to go along with what you're saying. What are you talking about? Your fucking teeth. What's wrong with them? Everything. (laughs) Okay, so he opens the door. God is standing there with the voice of God. Most people who know about this movie know that God is played by the one and only goddess herself, Alanis Morissette. But she doesn't speak because Alanis Morissette, or I'm sorry, not Alanis, Alan Rickman is the voice for her. And she... uh, she screams because if you actually hear the her voice, your head will explode and whatever. So uh, he gets killed before he's allowed to have his Bartleby. You're saying Bartleby is, yeah. but he also he he says I'm sorry, but then he says thank you. Should she forgive him? No, I think uh, maybe. You know what? I don't know. I don't really understand. I don't rem- I always remember just, what happened. I always just took it as it's finally over for him. You're finally letting me free. I'm a human. I can finally be let just off die. this fucking earth. Basically. And maybe that's why, because she's like, no, I'm just going to kill you and end it. And, and of course, then, though, now he goes to hell because he was a human at the end and he just murdered a fuck ton of people. That's what. Yeah, I'm not really sure because, again, he says thank you. So I don't remember. But uh, everything and, gets just magically cleaned up. God has a tremendous sense of humor because uh, God acts like a child and just starts like doing cartwheels and stuff in the grass and playing with flowers and shit. I told you. And brings she back had a sense of humor. And there, there's no sacrifice. Bethany does not die. Bethany bleeds out for a while, but uh, then Bethany gets 
remade and they, is pregnant. They now. resurrect her, and then she's like, "Yeah, I've got to keep oh, going because I'm the last damn it, scion." It's a resurrection. And uh, they said, "Not anymore. You're not." <laughs> You're on Rickman's getting real good. I wasn't even trying. <laughs> I never even thought about that though. Of course, they already did. They did everything in the line of Jesus: the finding out, the yelling at God, the sacrifice, the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it that way. And I just thought about it always as we're making a movie. We want a happy ending. And she couldn't bear children. And her also her gift oh, yeah. for doing it was here's a baby that you've always wanted. But she's not technically a virgin mother. No, she was never meant to be. But because it was just because it's supposed to keep the lineage going. Mm-hmm. And this is how they're able to keep that going. And so it doesn't just die with her. Which is actually now even more godded up. Like, she had a little bit of Christ in her. Now, it's her little bit of Christ that was left in her blood mixed now with what God just gave her. So it's like, now the lineage is even stronger. Christ, baby, USA. So now you kind of like restart the power of Christ. Power of Christ. (laughs) That baby's got full Christ battery power. Whereas Bethany was on like 1%. So now the 1% versus the God. It's one 101%. The movie's over. We are finished with she this. She hates when I talk. <laughs> uh, I'm just, tr- I've been trying to end this for a long time. It's late. I want to go to bed. You probably want to get this podcast out. This podcast is way longer no, than we intended it I, to be. I wanted to talk about taking things in my teeth. That's what I wanted to talk about. Taking things in your teeth. Impressions of my teeth. So later when I lose all my teeth, I can. Why would you want the exact same teeth? Why would you not want them to be improved? Because I don't want to look different. People who lose their teeth typically don't want those teeth to have an imprint of them because there's already something wrong with them, which is why they're getting ready to lose their teeth or are in the process of losing their teeth. That's all I meant. But if they had gotten them before the process had started and got the impression, then they could have the good teeth that they were born with. If in the scenario that they were in like a car wreck and got their fucking teeth knocked out or something that makes sense but in most cases people aren't taking care of their teeth they're rotting out of their fucking head and you don't need an impression of that because there are already holes in the teeth i don't want an impression of that i want an impression of their teeth when they were 15 and they were good teeth how about an alan rickman impression i have no genitalia All right, so we are now finished talking about the movie. We are to the part of the podcast where it's uh, time to go over some of those things that Sam likes to call questions. We're asking some questions about the movie Dogma. We're going to ask some questions about which is your favorite things and which suck. Why did I choose this? I've been wanting to watch this movie for a long time. I love it. Uh, it was time to do a movie. And of all movies to do, I think this is an appropriate one. It has a lot of talking points. It's funny. It has a good cast. It's just an all-around uh, fantastic movie. And I thought I'd uh, talk about it because I assume there are a handful of people who listen to this podcast who are like, yeah, I loved that movie when I saw it years ago. Um, what do I think you thought when I gave it to you? Not really excited, but I think that you were interested in seeing this movie again because it had been a long time. Sam, what was your judgment prior to watching it for the podcast? Uh, cool. Like, I wasn't like, yes, but I've, uh. Why would you be? 
You've never done that to anything. I know. Just let me talk. I wouldn't be like, yes! It's so loud and late <laughs> for you to be screaming like that. I don't care! Uh, but... I don't know. It was just fine with me. I didn't have any negatives on it. It was just cool. I've seen this movie. I like this movie. I like you weren't Kevin looking Smith forward to it at all? I wasn't not looking forward to it. But you also weren't looking forward to no, it. No, I was. You were was, just kind of like, like okay, movie. whatever. That's fine. No, okay, cool. Was my words. Okay, that just sounds very blasé. The way, it like, kind of was. It wasn't, it's not blasé in a... I could do or do without this movie. It's like, oh, good, easy, sweet. These steps might as well be Mount Everest. <laughs> That's how I feel. It is getting information out of you. I disagree. I'm, I'm walking. You're looking for something I didn't say, and that's why you're having a problem. No, I'm not. I'm watching you. I'm not at all. You, I'm fucking watching you. You have been so argumentative and snippy. Disagree. Of course, because you're the one doing it. <laughs> you're always going to be the innocent one in your eyes. I'm not sure. Uh huh. Because you're like, I'm a little angel. No, because I'm actively not doing. One things. thing I want to talk about that we didn't actually talk about is the fact that all of the people who were, or the the three angels, the actual angels, which are um, the Metatron, Loki, and Bartleby, they are all wearing similar clothes but different colors. They are all wearing a blazer with mm. a hooded sweatshirt and some sort of like sh- you know shirt underneath it. The what I read again. This is from IMDb IMDb trivia that the hooded sweatshirt was supposed to represent the halo. Oh, okay. Which is interesting yeah. and makes sense because like Bartleby and Loki's their outfit is literally just like the same exact clothes, just color switched. Not in the very beginning. Oh, really? Because Matt Damon has like a yellow T-shirt. Oh, I didn't remember that. I remember um, like when they're walking and going into like the movie center when they kill all those. Yeah, it's more movie people. It's when they decide to go on this pilgrimage ah. that that what they at least I think what Ben is wearing the whole time is the same, but what Matt is wearing changes, I believe. But matches what Ben's wearing for the rest because, of the movie. Because Ben is wearing like a maroon hoodie, like a gray shirt. Yeah, and then Damon's it's like got like a gray hoodie with a maroon shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Um. <clears throat> We watched this twice, as always, as usual, I should say. Um, least and most favorite character. Do you know who your least favorite character is in the movie? Easy peasy. Okay. Go My for it. My least favorite character is... You don't want to take a guess on this? I mean, I don't have to, but I, I'm... Okay, I'll say that your least favorite character is... Um, it's not Poopy Trip. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't know, this is hard, because I, I just feel like I'm going to give you my answer by saying that. Okay, well, my answer is God. God is my least favorite character. Oh, okay. Does the least. Uh, I, I don't really like the whole kitschy, God is like a child, boop, stuff. Yeah, that is really, like, it's weird. And for me, Alanis is not the goddess that everyone else, like, you know, like Travis fucking loves her you you love her like you love that album i love that to, album to me i'm just like okay it was it was alanis morissette i'd rather see like bobby liebling from pentagram being there and i'd be like yeah it's fucking bobby liebling i really <laughs> thought you were gonna stop with bobby lee and i was like yeah me too i wish bobby okay. lee was good i'll, I'll go with that one <laughs> all right my least fa- well i want to first give an honorable mention to the nun in the very beginning as being a runner-up least favorite character because in the very beginning when they were walking through the terminal 
and for just for uh, shits and giggles, it looks like Loki likes to try to talk people out of being believers. At least that's what we get. He talks this nun out of being a nun. Yeah. So honorably, an honorable mention is her because she has no true conviction. If just a conversation with someone <laughs> can can talk her out of everything. Loki is very, very convincing. But for me, uh, serendipity has always been my least favorite character because she doesn't really do anything. She's just kind of like, I, I was a muse. I don't really have any passion or do anything and then she's not even with them when they travel and then she just shows up at the end and doesn't really do anything she just kind of exists for eye candy purposes you you thought she was going to exist for a reason there because she's like i'll try and figure this out for you and that's like why she sticks back but by the time you see jason lee she's like you see jason lee and they figure out that this is the demon that's behind it and then she's like just there out of nowhere and she's like i figured it out you're like what well i guess she did convince or try to tell Silent Bob to hit him with the driver, but that wouldn't have actually. But I mean, Azrael like intercepted that and then said, "Yeah, hit me with a take one shot." I just realized she was the muse for that idea to hit. Like it was literally, it was literally her telling him, but she was the muse for that idea but to happen. Didn't actually do it herself. Just yeah. told him to inspired him to do it. Makes sense. But, so I guess she served a purpose. But they probably but, could have given that uh, line to Chris Rock. He probably could have been like, hit that motherfucker. You know? Yeah, and I don't think Chris Rock had like a... Even though he was there for a lot of the movie, I don't think he necessarily like did a ton, but he was funny, so he's definitely not my least favorite character. I think he's there to keep Bethany on the path. That's true. Like, these are the prophets, and they get her to go, but without him, I think... Well, she was supposed she to be saved by two prophets. Yeah. And she was. And she would have walked away if he hadn't fallen from the sky. She was saved from the uh, the three... The fruit booters. Fruit booters <laughs> that tried to attack her when she got off work, which I don't think we said that earlier. Eh. Most People favorite character? Uh, most favorite character. Okay. This one's hard for me. This one was hard for me. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. I figured it out. Uh, not even, I knew, I kind of already knew my most favorite. This wouldn't have been my favorite when I was younger, but I think Silent Bob is probably my most favorite character. Wow, I did not see that coming. And I say, I, he says so much while saying almost nothing throughout the movie. He is very, uh, he's like totally in charge of, um, Jay. And oh, keeps yeah. him in yeah. line. Yeah. He helps save Bethany. He's uh, he is very like he seems to communicate with Chris Rock's character with Bartleby without really even uh, not Bartleby. I said the wrong thing. Rufus. He's Rufus. Uh, without ever saying anything. Like he, he's just very um communicative with his face and hands without actually saying anything. And and character. he really saves the day. He's uh-huh. just like. He cries when Bethany, like, he's sensitive. He has all of the, uh, all of the characteristics that you want a man to actually have. He, he, he makes the Jay, the combo of Jay and Silent Bob tolerable because Jay is so intolerable well, jay was my favorite when i was like a kid because yeah. he was my favorite because he was the cut up and now well, as an adult well, i'm think, just like silent bob is everything I, but i think subconsciously even as a kid you're probably going these two are good because he's so good like bob silent bob is always the real 
good moral center. And he's so good that I think it rubs off on the duo. And that lets you be okay yeah. with Jay being a fucking psycho. Because if it was just him, you'd be like, this dude's fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, he needs Silent Bob to even out that duo. Well, and sometimes Silent Bob would, like, smack him in the back of the head or, like, do something to set him in place. And- yeah. It, sometimes he's written to physically, like, keep Jay in line. But I think, like, subconsciously, his wholesomeness keeps that duo tolerable in general like without him jade cannot exist yeah he'd just be an annoying character he'd be the pest mm-hmm. he'd, he'd be like fuck he's annoying he got a few funny lines but i don't care about him yeah you care about him i think because of silent bob and you treat them as two characters as one sometimes but i did not see that coming with yours i thought it was going to be uh, either bartleby or loki was going to be one of your favorites i have uh i respect ben affleck because I think he does a tremendously good job in this movie. Yes. But I would not normally say that I think Ben Affleck is a good actor. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. But I just don't really seek him out. I don't he's he's just someone who isn't on my radar really too much. Like I don't I don't get excited about him. I'm just kinda like, okay, Ben Affleck, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not any necessarily against him because I'm not like, ew, but I just kinda don't really care. And he's in movies that I don't really care about. And that's part of it too. Who is your most favorite character? This one is still hard for me, and I think I'm going to just go ahead and uh, agree with you. It was between uh, Rufus and Silent Pop. Was it? Yeah. Rufus is funny. I think I'll, I'll, I think I'll actually give it to Rufus because I think Rufus is funny, and I just like Chris Rock's character, and I think you can take out Silent Bob before you can take out Rufus out of the plot line. Yeah. Even though they're the prophets, I still think Rufus is the guy that chugs everything along. They didn't even need that part where they needed the prophets. If if they really, I mean, as far as the actual essential story and carrying it along, yeah. Rufus like is much more important. They could have even stopped at the uh, the car part where the car breaks down and Rufus comes down, and she they could have been like, "Fuck you, we're leaving," and then Jay and Silent Bob are done in the movie. Yeah, which like in Clerks they weren't in a lot. In other movies they aren't in it that much. And that's just people, kids, clung on to them. And then uh, Kevin's like, well, I guess I got to make more of this Jay and Silent Bob shit. Well, it'd also be random because he'd have like these serious movies sometimes. Like, not movies because they were comedies, but he had like these more serious or these like structured storylines. And then out of nowhere, you just have like Jay and Silent Bob being ridiculous. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob show up out of nowhere in Scream 3. <laughs> they're just like walking through the set because they're making a movie. Of the stab series, and they're like on the stab set. They're mm. like, "Whoa, man, the stab set! Whoa, Woodsboro!" They're like, "Why is Jay and Silent Bob in this Miramax movie?" It's That's weird. why Jay and Silent Bob were in that Miramax movie because they were Miramax properties. Mm-hmm. And fucking Weinstein went shove him in that fucking movie. <laughs> hey, it was a paycheck for them. I'm sure they were happy I'm with sure it. Was fine with it. Yep. Probably made a decent amount of money for that. One day One of shooting. Cameo, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, so I, when I first watched this, I loved this movie. Uh, I think it was not terribly long after it came out. It was definitely in high school when I think I saw this the first time. And I think it was probably because of Beth. Like I remember seeing the commercial, like, yeah, the previews, the trailers on TV. But I think Beth may have actually bought it or got it. I shouldn't say bought it. She probably ordered it through one of those like Columbia house things and then never paid for it. Yeah. Is what I assume actually happened. I just thought of an interesting question. If this came out and you liked it, or did you like this movie while you were still in the throes of religion yourself? 
And did that make you feel guilty? Because you were laughing. No. Okay. No, because I the because the ultimate. I mean, there's still just a very. Uh, it's a basic, like decent message. I guess. Uh, yeah, like, I would agree. And, and it, even at the end, I think Kevin Smith is like he still feels like he believes it. Like, yeah. He still feels like a religious Catholic, religious Catholic boy who just wrote a story well, about it. He said something at the end, about, like in text, about how he was like going to raise his daughter to be a little Catholic as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I got that impression. I wonder if little Harley Quinn became a Catholic. I'm sure when she was a kid, but <laughs> probably not now. I wonder how even Kevin feels about Catholicism right now. Well, I think that as far as Catholicism and religion goes, I think that this movie is still very relevant. I would absolutely still recommend it today. I think it has aged very well, personally. 99% well. What hasn't, just, except for like a, a gay one joke? one gay joke. It's oh. just the one time I was like, eh. Yeah, when you're doing it, you're thinking about guys. That's Rufus <laughs> who said that. Yeah. Um, reading this, zero out of ten all over the rock and roll. Ca- Would you watch this again, I assume? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so this reading. This is like the 12th time I've seen this movie. That's low. <laughs> I didn't own it. I know. I didn't either, technically, but I loved it. Uh, reading this, zero out of ten. I'm giving this like an 8.5. I think this movie is fucking solid. I think it's good. I think it's smart. I think it's well acted. It has a good cast. 8.5 stars. I'll go. Oliver stars. Oliver the rock and Oliver the movie cat stars. (laughs) Uh, I think I'm going to go 8, which is pretty high. I think so as well. I didn't expect yours to be that high. Oh, yeah. I think this movie's funny. Uh, There's just a few sections that like. Jokes could have been cut out that were just like, eh, it wasn't even worth the time. I think stuff Joel like... Joel Gothen annoys me. Yeah, I also think that that stuff is timely, too. It could be, and, and age. Like, maybe even if I watched it now when I was 13, maybe then I'd be like, oh, yeah, Golgothen, poop! I al- always thought the Golgothen was gross, but I never really, I guess, thought about it that much. I never thought it was gross. It's just this watching now, I was just like... Just not needed. It's just lame. I just uh... all right. So describe this movie in one word. One word. Uh. Oh fuck. Uh. Damn it. I've got an idea of what the word I want in my head is, but I can't think of what the actual word would be. Uh. Detailed. That's a good in, one. In a way that he knows his. I don't know if he knows it exactly, but just the way he gets people to talk about things. It's almost in a Quentin Tarantino way where you would say, no one actually talks like this. This is obviously a script writer who talks like this, but it's good enough. And the people he chose to do it with all that detail, it works. Detailed. Okay. I'm just going to say smart. I always thought it was very smart. I thought it uh, shows interesting perspectives from, I don't know if I want to say both sides, but I mean, Bethany is a believer, but she also has something like tearing at her where she, which I think is also something that I maybe identified with at the time is because I, you know, was kind of slowly working my way out of that myself just as I grew more as an independent thinker. I'm going to bet not a lot uh, or a lot. 
I'm going to bet the majority of religious people have had a moment in their life where they're like, is this real? Do I care about this anymore? I used to have such a love for this. Guaranteed. It's dying. Yeah. Uh, and not even like in a, na- in, in like a, I want to stop believing fuck this way. Like no, Bethany, lo- Bethany's was like, I want to feel this again. I want to feel that love that I had. And it's just not there. It's like Loki. He lost the faith. That's Me- why he had to die. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are finished with uh, the questions. We are finished with this. Aww. And what's next is we are having a guest return. It's He's been quite a while. He's coming back. It's been uh, about half of a year at this point. Um, but we are going to have a return guest, and that is uh, Sir Kentalot. Kent Goldsmith. He's coming back. He was in here on uh, the month of October, I think, every week. Well, he was here on Zach's episode, <laughs> but it wasn't his actual episode, That's so true. that didn't really count. But he is providing... And, and Zach's not getting in on this fucking episode. This, this duo shit's stopping. <laughs> You're fucking done. The tag team back again. <laughs> They're a regular Rex in effect. They are. They basically are taped dick to dick. <laughs> yeah, like a splint. All right, so we he gave us the album Picking Up the Pieces by Fitz and the Tantrums. Oh, okay, Fitz and the Tantrums. Heard of them before. Don't know a song by him, but I've heard the name. I've never heard of it before, but uh, that's it. So. One of my favorite comedians talked about him that he liked him. That probably means I'm not going to like it based on the other music this comedian likes. <laughs> oh. Gotcha. Don't go to parties with metal detectors. Oh. <laughs> sure, it feels safe inside. But what about all those niggas waking outside with guns? They know you ain't got one. If a woman tells you she's 20 and looks 16, is this sex in the she's painting? 12. This is, it's called No Sex. If she tells you she's 26 and looks 26, she's damn near 40. <laughs> Take off that silly ass. I don't remember this just being like. Phrases that he just wrote. Oh, it's a spoken song. It's over four minutes of him speaking. But it sounds like it's just like little, just one-liners. Mm-hmm. I don't is. remember it being like that. If you go to a movie I guess that's why it's cornbread. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's like Let it slide. definitely waiting for the chorus. But as always, we appreciate you guys listening. Yeah, thanks especially for listening to this slog. Especially the first, you know, chunk of the podcast where it was more somber and we talked about our sweet sea, but we miss her very much, and uh, it's just going to be like that. So thanks for uh, hanging out with us, as always. (laughs) And uh, watch Dogma. It's fun. Watch Dogma. If you can. Uh, Go buy a meat mountain for your dog. Everyone will love it. Thanks for listening. We get that. Bye, we love you. No sex in champagne. No sex in champagne. No sex in champagne. If a homeless person has a funny sign, he hasn't been homeless that long. A real homeless person. <laughs> <laughs>